to Critical Apocalypse episode 106. The smoother Critical Apocalypse this week. We're going to start nice and even, level-headed, cool. The internet, it's not usually a place where you get this... Talk into the microphone. Mellow vibes from... Sorry, Anne, I'll get a little bit closer over here, shall I? Hello, hello, hello. So, uh, welcome Just to in the direction of the microphone. That's all you need to do. That's how microphones Welcome work. to Critopocalypse 106. Fucking 106 episodes. Episode 106. Don't know how microphones work. Yeah, the title of this episode is Shut Up, Anne. <laughs> it's not. I decide the title of the episode. I know you do. I know you do. Um, if it's called Shut Up, Anne, <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be a nice joke. Um, but, um, but yeah, so, uh, Anne, how are you doing this week? Hey, damn, blood. Yeah. 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 Anything anything interesting happening? Anything going on? What have you been up to? I've got um Rocket Knight Adventures on the I Mega saw Drive. I saw that that I'm quite mm. envious. Mm. Yeah. Saw Alien and Aliens in the cinema. Yes you did. Yeah. Tell us about that. How'd that go? Was it in Woking Cinema? No. God Where no. did you go? Based in Stoke View View. Oh, nice. It's a good cinema actually. Mm. Not many people go there. No, it's got well, it's got proper seats now, it's got really yeah. nice ah. good recliner chairs. Not like before we had to sit on the oil drums and tobacco tins. Mm. 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 Mm, times mm. have changed. Mm. Well, I also went to the cinemas, but I'll talk about that later. And since you're first this week, would you'll you like forget to forget? And you'll just talk about a bunch of Netflix shows. Will you shut up? Would you like to start the and then show? Then halfway through the week, you'll mention something that was a big release and you didn't record it. <laughs> view of you. And I'll be like, "So you wasted a whole review on like some <laughs> shitty like Chud or something?" <laughs> Oh, can I talk about charge? No. Oh. <laughs> no. Larry Cohen died today, though. I know he did. Director of The Stuff, and It's Alive. Yeah, yeah really sad. Yeah. It's Alive is a really weird film. He did you him. watch any of the sequels? I don't think he directed any of the sequels. But the sequels... Um, so, in a weird connection to The Stuff, the third film in the It's Alive series is about the parents taking the people that produced the drug that created the vampire babies, or mutant babies to court so they can try and have their kid put on an island instead of euthanised. Yeah. And the dad of the mutant child is actually played by the main character from The Stuff. Nice. Yeah. Not the actor who played the main character in The Stuff. The main character, yeah, from, the main the character from The Stuff. Yeah, the main character from The Stuff. Playing the dad. Does the same accent and stuff, but I can't assume that's a real accent because yeah. he talks like, well, I'm just about It's, a, it's the first time a character played another yeah, character. it's a character playing another character. It's, yeah. No, it's not actually because Robert Downey Jr. played four characters. You remember he played a guy playing a guy pretending to be another guy. In Tropic Thunder. No, oh, yeah. I'm here playing a dude, pretending to be another dude who's playing a dude. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So, your first review, Ant. Fuck you. Blackface. What? No. Um, Tropic Thunder. Well, I've only really got two things to review this week, so I should probably do the things that I didn't do last time because I had things last time. Time constraints. Yeah, and also because they you know, a bit out of date. Whatever. The internet, yeah. Um, let's do it. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Oh, you watched it finally? Yeah, I watched it a couple of weeks ago, actually. Um, do you know, a good chance to go on my phone. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is like... Uh, it, it's two sort of really nice ideas for films, but they made one film. Yeah. Yeah, like... So the first half of the film is they go back to the island to, ca- to capture the last remaining dinosaurs on there before some volcano blows up and kills them all and bring them back but obviously there's you know shenanigans and someone's gonna take the you know the dinosaur dna and create weapons of bullshit from it um and that's like a really good scenario for a Jurassic park film like you know the park's in ruin the dinosaurs are completely roaming free now and they've got a ticking time bomb in the form of a volcano mm-hmm. that's a really good premise and the second half of the film is like corporate businessmen selling dinosaurs like their weapons trading them like their guns and shit yeah um and it turns into a slasher movie with a dinosaur in a mansion like it turns into Dino Crisis, 
feel like the rest of the film yeah, with like a of. genetically engineered dinosaur hunting them down. Yeah. Um, and that's a really cool concept for a Jurassic Park movie and all that. But I feel like they should have maybe just done one or the other and not both at the same time. Um, like they could have done the volcano one and ended that one with, you know, them being screwed over and something and, you know, some big old finale that leads into the next one, which could have started with the slasher movie stuff before going into dinosaurs are out in the world trashing everything. But they don't. Yeah. Um, plot twists that come in that film that are just like right from the very start. It's like, that girl's a fucking clone. Yep. Like right from the start. It's like, no, don't look at pictures of your mum. Yep. <laughs> Stuff like that. It's like, no, no, you don't. You should, your mum died. Yeah. James, you know, she was long dead. Long yeah. dead. James Cromwell, like, he's lived a crazy life, hasn't he? He, like, he was silent for a few years. He, you know, had a talking pig for a while longer. He recently became a environmental activist yeah. he was arrested a bunch of times yeah he created light speed yeah created light speed <laughs> yeah in both real guy. life and in film yeah. he's had quite the storied life that James Cromwell good old James Cromwell he's a he's nice he's pretty awesome man. isn't he yeah. yeah he's like 5 million years old now he's very old but yeah he got arrested not long ago yeah good on him good on him getting arrested yeah, cool got arrested um, he was he was trying to trying to uh, trying to obstruct a fracking Cracking thing, or he was trying to prevent fox hunting. I don't know which one, but I love him for both. <laughs> yeah, um, Jurassic World, like, it is it's just it's like it had some nice ideas going on in it, but you've you've stuck with the characters from the last film that you know no one really cares about. Hmm. I can't even remember their name. Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt. Yeah, um, I keep thinking Brody. Yeah, but it's not. It's not probably not Brody. Neither of the names are Brody. In in something that really irritated me was that. Probably the most interesting new character is the is the um, the the prehistoric vet basically. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. the one who's never really, seen a dinosaur before. Really like her. Yeah, like as a character, really she disappears strong. for like forty minutes. Yeah, just disappears at the end. <laughs> With she's the, not in there yeah. anymore. Yeah, she turns up again at the very end, and it's like she's, yeah, it just completely yeah, vanishes. She her and the hacker guy, but, the um, one who probably knows Unix systems. Yeah, I know this. I can have it. In all honesty, I think that. Just having the island, having like a towering inferno style escape the island because it's on fire. Yeah. Because the whole film would have been great. Because yeah. I think that's the strongest part of the movie. And they spend so long convincing people to go to the island. Mm. It's about 25 minutes before they actually go to the island. Yeah, and they spend 20 minutes there. And they spend 20 minutes there. Yeah. And like. I think the slasher movie, the whole. Dinosaur that's in the great as well. It's fine. It's just yeah. it feels like you've just stepped into a completely different movie. That's what. That's the problem. It's like a horror yeah. film. Yeah. On the end of an Indiana Jones. It's not movie. like from Dust Till Dawn where you get like it's a heist movie and then it turns into a horror yeah. thing because you can switch genres midway through a film. I'm like, fuck it, do it. Why yeah. not switch genres every ten minutes? You know, be a Bollywood movie. Actually, yeah. every about half hour. Bollywood movies get a full movie worth of genre. To be honest, Bollywood movies are always so long <laughs> that you have to have it in a series, not in a movie. You have to That's do, what Legion did. Yeah, yeah. Bollywood has to do like you know friggin' six hour long epics. You've got to watch. You got to watch Cholet someday, man. Oh, it starts with a train oh. high sequence. There's a bit when the internment camp, and it's a love up to um, that Charlie Chaplin oh, great yeah, dictator. Yeah. Um, got musical numbers. You got comedy, farcical I'm comedy. Still waiting, I'm still waiting for the Kung Fu. Uh, the man who the man who feels no pain to be released in the UK because that looks awesome. <laughs> that, oh, yeah, a, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you mean, yeah. It's like a Bollywood. It's a Bollywood romance mixed in with a superhero. You're film. not gonna get it. It's gonna get remade. It's gonna have Ken Jeong as the lead. Yeah, character. probably, probably. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is such a weird film, but controversially, I kind of like it. It's alright. Yeah. I mean, it's not the worst Jurassic Park no, film. that's free. Yeah, yeah. Or two. Alan. Alan. Um, Alan! I kind of, I, yeah, 
the third one has the decency to finish in 90 minutes. The third one is very much... Is it Joe Johnson that directed it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, very much a Joe Johnson film. The second one is just... It's got one good scene. I'll tell you what, if they didn't have the stupid raptor whistle or the talking velociraptors in his dream, it's a pretty strong movie. (laughs) Yeah. The second one's got... Lost World's got, let's see, one really good edit and one good scene, and that's it. Um, the edit's a bit, you know, the get where the woman screams after a kid's been yeah, tapped with cops and cuts to Jeff Goldblum yawning. Yawning in the air, but, and is just yeah, yeah. Um, um, I would say, I would say and that the bit on the boat on the bus when they're on the glass and it's cracking. Yeah, they try to move. That is like probably one of the best like I still tension actually, scenes. I, the problem with Jurassic Park films and the problem with Jurassic World films, I guess by proxy, is that they they all have that. There has to be a moment where they say, "Oh, dinosaurs in an island aren't enough anymore." Hmm. So how are we going to get the dinosaurs to America? Or how are we going to get people being chased? Because for some reason, studios seem to think that people don't want to see dinosaurs just murking sons of bitches. (laughs) And that's stupid. I want to see a Jurassic Park film where they go to an island, dinosaur island park, and uh, nothing goes wrong. We just have a really nice day out. I want to see a Jurassic... So this is an idea I had a long time ago when (laughs) Jurassic Park 3 came out. 3 or Jurassic World was... (laughs) pitched first because you know they had the whole idea of dinosaur mercenaries yeah and I said that's fucking stupid what you want to do is because it's in Colombia isn't it it's like near that area yeah. it's like southern southern America have a drug dealer try and escape the police by going to Jurassic Park he's trying to um, and just yeah, like, smuggle drugs by sticking no, the no, captions no, no, no. up just, just have butts. him have him say fuck you I'm not going to get arrested I'm going to Jurassic Park he gets the toughest sons of bitches he can and basically just sets up camp in like an area where Say they have like a hunter. Please kill some... the rock. No, you just you have him have him set up camp somewhere where they've got like mostly vegetarian animals, mostly herbivores, and they they just basically set up camp and they stay in that area, and then have the fucking Americans send in people to try and extract them, and have like a Navy SEALs team that are trying to get this dangerous criminal on an island full of dangerous dinosaurs, and then eventually it gets to a point where they're just trying to survive to get just it'd be fucking incredible. It'd be a bit like the Rock if halfway through everybody had to work together. <laughs> So and I think a, that's kind of awesome. So originally, there was a plan to have um, human dinosaur. Yeah, hybrids, that's what I mean. They were going to make a mercenary, which, so they sent them out to like, wars and shit. Yeah, which Bad. I mean, that's just an origin story for extreme dinosaurs as a film, isn't it? Street sharks. No, extreme dinosaurs. Shark. Extreme dinosaurs was a series. I know, but you'd get. You're not going to genetically engineer dinosaurs and make street sharks, are yes, you? Yes, you are. You make street. You, they're the oldest predator on the on the world in the world, aren't? Yeah, they? but extreme dinosaurs already exists. Yeah, but so do sharks. You're not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> right, we genetically engineered dinosaurs and turned them into human dinosaur hybrids. Here's our new movie, no, Street Sharks. Look, you're getting it all wrong. Do you not remember the series? They go, all right, so who have we got here? All right, it's Reg the Mercenary. All right, Reg, how you doing? Or more. All right, now, Reg, what I want you to do is, uh, can you just turn that way, and if you feel a pinch in your neck, ignore it. He's like, all right, what am I turn I'm just going to turn this way. It's like, Reg, stay still, mate. All right, I've got you in the neck. Do you feel a bit of a pinch? Oh, I feel a bit of a pinch. Reg, you're a shark now. Oh, I'm a shark now, am I? I guess I'm a mercenary shark. There's dinosaurs, though. Cause no, because you get shark DNA everywhere. You don't need to go and h- fucking kidnap But then them. it wouldn't be tied to Jurassic Park. I think that's probably for the best, though, isn't it? Because yeah. <laughs> I think right now, Street Sharks... Street Sharks has a stronger brand. Vin Diesel would be in Street Sharks, a movie. <laughs> he would. He'd fucking love it. He loves Street Sharks. I know. Yeah, that uh, Jurassic World, though, um, it looks really nice. It's got some really pretty shots in it and stuff. Um, can't remember what that guy's directed, though, but he's done a bunch of stuff. Um, done some stuff anyway. Didn't he do Jurassic World one? No, no, no Jurassic World was um, Colin Trevorrow, wasn't it? Oh yeah, so it was. Yeah, yeah he did uh, yeah, Henry's 
what's that thing with Henry's the book of Henry book of Henry that's that it, people yeah. rave about and it's fucking atrocious then no one raves about it yeah no people say that it's actually some people are like yeah that's a good film no yeah no I'm not kidding it's not good it's no I know it's not good no we're, yeah. we're rational people that have seen other movies it's Jurassic World though um, BD Wong's in it yeah BD Dong BD Dong um it's alright I kind of like Kevin Ken Levine Ken Levine. Ken Levine, what the Ted owner Levine. of um, Bio, the guy yeah, who Bioshock. That's who I like, yeah. yeah. No, I like Ted Levine in it, who just goes and pulls teeth out of animals. Yeah, little yeah. jerk. Yeah. He gets slaughtered. Yeah, he does, yeah. It's quite yeah. violent. It's like some quite nasty bits. Cause he gets like, his arm lopped off and stuff. And... Yeah, he gets torn off. Yeah. And then, uh, and then he gets his head bitten. Yeah. Ha. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, 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 ha. Okay. Little <laughs> girl right. lets the dinosaurs go. Cause yeah. They're just like Cause me. They're just like me. Alright, okay, so the director. Oh. Yeah, some Mexican guy. Yeah, no, no, um, okay, so he did a Monster Calls, which I reviewed yeah. and didn't like. Although he did do Penny Dreadful. That was pretty good, the series. He did The Impossible. That's actually quite a strong movie, not many people know about. It. And he did The Orphanage. So that explains why the horror movie segment works so well. He knows how to shoot a horror mm. film. Good old orphan horror. Yeah, The Orphanage. The orphanage. It's a whole joint. There's a new orphan horror film coming out. Is there? Yeah. Because there's orphan. There's two orphan horror films. Is there? Yeah, there's one that's like um, some kids get adopted and there's some weird um, Latino. Oh, no, 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 no. no. I must have traded for that when I went to yeah. go see a film I'm going to review this week. But, and there's um, also Brightburn, which is orphan horror because they yeah, find Brightburn's a kid in the orphan horror. But the other yeah. one, that La Lorna, that's yeah. not orphan horror. Isn't it? No. So Linda Cardellini has two kids. Um, her husband dies in war. She is like a uh, caseworker for like Orphans. child No. Uh, she's a caseworker for childlike say- services. And childlike services. Childlike services. They deal with, yeah. they deal with incels. It's when they're, in, like, when they're like teenagers. <laughs> they make sure incels don't. Yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> they make sure they wipe their asses and eat yeah. their dinner. Um, no, she, she witnesses a car accident. Train them in the blade. <laughs> she witnesses a car accident. Two children die and the mother's gravely wounded. I think she's, she's critical. She's dying or something. Um, and the kids hear someone crying during the during the whole hubbub, and it turns out if you hear the woman crying, that's how she starts haunting you. It's fucking stupid. I know, right? Well, it's, it's a fucking James it's related is related to the conjuring, so it is James Bond. Conjuring, conjuring, yeah, yeah the you, nun, yeah. as in there's no point that's in this. That's the nun. That's the nun. Um. Anyway, uh, you review your first thing, you flaccid bumhole. All right, because you said it earlier. I'm not going to review a Netflix thing. Oh. I'm going to review a Netflix thing. Yeah. Is it the yeah. Motley Crue film? No, I haven't watched no. that yet. No. I am planning to watch that at some point. Have you watched it? No, no oh. I can't be asked. All right, anyway, so... Um, Wait, didn't they already have a Motley... No, it was Def yeah. Leppard film. Yeah, I thought it was always happened, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, what was the other one? The uh, Oh, God, what was the one where it was like a documentary? <laughs> Anvil. That was it, the story of Anvil, whatever it was. They're not real. Probably. Yeah, they are, they are. Yeah, um, it's a real bad band. Um, anyway, so uh, I watched Love, Death and Robots. Pervert. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Or at least I feel like a pervert. So the backstory of this is uh, Tim Miller and David Finkner. Finkner? I think it's Finkner. I don't know if it's Fincher anymore. It's Fincher. Is it Fincher? It's always been Fincher. Okay. David Fincher, Tim Miller. Tim Miller, famous of Deadpool. David Fincher, famous of Fuck You. Beer. You should know by now. Um, both of them got together... And using different studios, mostly known for video games, uh, they created short films with different talents, um, all around the idea of sci-fi, a bit like The Outer Limits, but shortened down. 
Right. So like they're like they're between six and thirteen minutes. And as you'd expect with something like this, different minds, you get different perspectives, different technologies, you get different things. And uh, they're all done CGI shorts, except for one that has live action. So things like rotoscoping, uh, full motion video, stuff like that, is all used in there. Not full motion video, was it? Full body capture. It's all in there. Um, and you know what? It's a mixed bag, but some of it really is fucking great. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to recommend the projects as a whole because there are it's ideas. Not one of those animatrix genres, <coughs> isn't it? Sort of, yeah. It that's what. Yeah, first... it's a whole subgenre of of animation where basically they just make a shitload of fucking things of science fiction animation, just throw it in the wall and see what works. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of that is kind yeah. of what it is. But <coughs> this um this skirts a lot towards horror. There's a lot of horror stuff in there, but. Um, no. But one of the one of the most interesting. Oh, shit, Ultraman's out on Netflix this week. It's, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But before we talk about that <laughs> in the next episode, um, so love uh, love Death and Robots. I, there's not many like I would out and out recommend. I think it's a series that it's it's like a it's like a tapas restaurant. You have tapas. to tapas tapas. You have to go and you have to taste every little bit and you find what you like and then maybe next time you know what you want to order. But you like you're, you're always tasting. You're always like getting an idea of all the different dishes. And that's what this is. And I think some of these will be made into full films because some of them are really great ideas. Mm. But I'm going to just talk about a few. I'm going to focus on like a few and just, and then I'm going to just give an overall review. The few that I recommend are are going to be ones that I think excel. Um, so the first one is episode most two. Nudity, yeah. No, the mm. first one. Actually, I'm not going to be able to do it by episodes, am I? Because they arrange. So apparently, there's a controversy. Controversy that Netflix is arranging the episodes by what you've watched previously. So if you watched a lot of stuff that's LGBTQ plus um, accessible, then you have a different episode order to someone who doesn't. All right. Which is a bit weird, but you know that's one of the controversy. That's one of the the conspiracies out there. But anyway, so I'm going to talk about um, a few episodes I like. The, the, it was second for me, but I'm just going to have to go by def, by defining what the plot is. You don't so, know the names of the episodes. No, not? I, I try to get them. I can get the names. Sorry, one second. Let me do this. 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 Okay. Just all right, don't care me, about me, the artistry. Well, I don't think that they come up with episodes on the thing, but let's do that. <laughs> um, okay. All right. Cool. Cool. Uh, I can I can do that. Okay. So um, so the first one I'm going to re- recommend is called Free Robots. So it's it is very short. Secret of robots. Well, no, it's free robots. So there is a tool like uh, this tool with like a, a weird basketball style accent. And there's a shorter one who talks like a kid. And then there's like an what oblong. What accent does a basketball have? Like it's like a weird street. You know, like a stereotypical like basketball player. Ah. Yeah. It's like, it's like taken to the you whole. You mean a black like, person, don't no. you? You're going to be racist, aren't you? White people can play basketball too, Anne. <laughs> don't be fucking racist. <laughs> they can't jump. Woody Harrison can jump. That was the whole point of the film. That and Rosie Perez can also jump. She jumps in that film. That wasn't the point of the film, but... I mean, you say that. Um, okay, so uh, so yeah, three robots, and it's just three robots are exploring Earth after everyone's died. So there's three robots that are just going around, and they're having a look, and they're looking at stuff, and it's just weird, silly little little um, little vignettes. Well, not vignettes, that's the wrong, wrong term, but st- weird little bits of information that explain how the mm. world fell and why it fell. And they're just making jokes. And there's this oblong, awkward oblong sort of robot that just that has very, very small amount of movement. It's mostly just wheeling around like a Dalek, but it has this little arm mm. and it keeps taking selfies of itself with this little arm. It's got like a little camera on the end. It protrudes mm. and it's got a very flat tone and it, it very rarely sort of, it, it, it very rarely emotes, but it does a lot. Like they do mm. a lot with that robot. And it's kind of fun the way they do stuff as well. 
Um, so that's the first one I recommend. The second one is called Suits. Um, it's about a bunch of farmers. I love that show. <laughs> it's about a bunch of farmers who have these massive mechs. They used to fight off these little aliens that keep trying to attack their cows. Um, it has a great ending and a nice setup. And also it's kind of, it subverts what you expect it to be all about. And it's nice. Mm, I, like I, the I Last Jedi. Kind of like The Last Jedi. Yeah. Um, when the yogurt took over is a weird one. Um, I think it's mostly the animation style that I'd recommend that for. Um, and it's got very, it's just, it's a very strange, strange one, but it's, it's still very, very good. Um, uh, helping hand is really good. It's what I expect, um, gravity to be like. And again, that's, uh, one character in a situation making decisions. And it is, it's, there's, there's a point where it's, again, it's all CGI. There's a point where it's very, very painful to watch the character go through what they're going through. And nice. it's very well done. Everyone um, loves pain. Yeah, exactly. Um, alternative history, alternate history. Sorry, that's the one I expected to be to be the most uh, the most controversial for people because it shows seven ways in which Hitler would die if he didn't die the way he died, or seven ways that history would change if Hitler. And it's it's very silly, very stupid. It's a very simple animation style, but it's it's quite fun. Um, but yeah, as Everyone a whole, like, Hitler getting killed. Exactly. Yeah. As a, in, as a whole, I would I would I would recommend people to have uh, have a go, watch a few, and then if they like it, continue watching some. Mm. Those are standout episodes for me. But I think that a lot of people have different standout episodes. There's one in particular that has like a nice twist that's all about a woman who um, there's like these fights that go on in large large Victorian style mansions in in London in the future. And basically what happens is people put on these headbands and these massive, horrible monsters come out and they genetic, they control them. Like these ge- genetically made, genetically produced uh, gene spliced like monsters. And they take them over and they fight like a video game. Yeah. Like in this like arena. Um, that's really good. It's really good animation. There's another one where a bloke wakes up um, after having jumped through a, jumped through a portal. Um, and he thinks that he's completely drifted off course. There's a terrifying discovery just below the edges. Like he starts scratching at an inch, an itch he has about the world that he's suddenly woken up in. And as he peels that away, there's a lot of, and that's more of a horror shot, but I really like the idea of that. And I'd like to see that maybe expanded on. Cause although it tells everything to do with that story, I would like to yeah. know more about that world. I'd like to see more of it. I'd like it to expand, but maybe if it expands, it would kind of remove some of the joy of seeing it. But anyway, it's that one got nudity in it. No, uh, a little oh. bit. There is a little bit of nudity. There's cock and balls. Nice. And there's some boobs. Nice. I think cock ball boobs. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. BTC. Physics. Or BBC. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, physics. Yeah. There's some cock physics. They float a bit. Yeah. Uh, it's in space. So. Yeah, and it's come a long way since Watchmen. Exactly, and uh, you know, Dead or Alive, Extreme Bolly- Volleyball. I was going to say Bollywood then. <laughs> it's not cock physics, and no. Uh, but yeah, this very much depends on the person who's watching it. It's not going to be for everyone. I think it's a Goldie Horn. Um, you know, Goldie Horn. Goldie Horn. Yeah. 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 You can name three good Goldie Horn films straight off your head. You can probably name three bad ones as well. Uh, all of Goldie Horn's films are fantastic. Have uh, you seen Snatched? Snatched. Oh, yeah. the one with um, Thingy. Yeah. yeah you see no. Bird on the Wire? Bird on the Wire's great. Fucking fuck off. That film's a classic. It's instantly uh, uh, it's instantly a D- minus because it has Mel Gibson in it. Jesus Christ. And he pulls a very offensive gay person impression in the midpoint. He was a hairdresser. <laughs> so, so, oh yeah, so all hairdressers are gay, are they, Ad? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's going on. It's, it, it's not for everyone. I think that there are a lot of people out there that this is... I think this is... 
scarily enough, I think this is where TV would probably go in the few years, the next few years, because people's attention spans are really bad. So something like this would be very easy to digest, mm. and they tell a complete story. It's like a YouTube series, basically. So very, no, very. In the future, it's all just going to be animations of people apologising for things they've done. Oh, um, they will be for dead. Racism, you know. They will be dead. They're just apologising for stuff or being angry oh, about thing. Oh yeah. They'll be angry about whatever the next show is that's coming on. <laughs> Don't watch this. <laughs> Don't turn off your TVs. SJWs and stuff. Oh yeah, James Wood will be talking about that shit from Beyond the Grave, won't he? <laughs> Anyway, your review. Fuck off. Um, okay, right. Filler review. Um, I watched Pacific Rim Uprising. <laughs> that film happened. Um, so, like, the first Pacific Rim is quite a lot of fun. Yeah. So, you know, Guillermo del Toro, pretty silly. Second one tries its best, but it's quite clearly not made by people quite as talented as del Toro. Um, it's set like years later and you're following Idris Elba's son. I'm pretty sure he doesn't even mention having a son in the no, first one. No, he doesn't, no. Um, if he does, it's an aside or something. Because he treats what's-her-face, the age, what's-her-face as his daughter, doesn't he? Yeah. The Japanese lass. He said, I um, never had a daughter of my own, probably. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there's some... like I like the setup of it at the start where it's like he's, you know, he's stealing junk and stuff like that from robots and he meets a girl who's made her own little... Um, her own little mecha. Oh yeah, the little bug one. Yeah, which then just disappears for the rest of the film yeah, until the end. Until the very end, yeah. But um, yeah, and the whole tucked away in another robot. Yeah, the whole thing is just like it seems to be not going anywhere for a while, and then you have this whole thing where they're going. Some companies planning to deploy AI robots around the world to protect citizens and be the police and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Because that's kind of what Jaegers have been doing since then. They've basically been like super police, like yeah. Sort of turning up and keeping the peace and stuff because there haven't been any monsters. It um, seems like the main, the main duty in that world at that point is to, to stop other people making yeah. Jaegers. But then stuff goes wrong and yep. the yeah, it turns out they've got like brain AIs in the middle of them, which is the brains from the monsters. Well, that it, were turns out, before, it turns out that Charlie Day. Lee, yeah, he's been. He's been, when he mind melded in the first one, he. He's he, still doing it. Yeah, he, he basically became addicted in the first one to mind melding with the aliens. And he yeah, has now bit. gone to a point where he's completely possessed by them hmm. um, and has been helping them transfer over some of the DNA, the genetic material, over into the new Jaegers, yeah, which yeah. are which are automated. They're like drones. Yeah. Uh, but the problem is that all the people that he's been working with don't know about this. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. And also, it's really fucking over all, all of humanity, so people are quite pissed off. But yeah, it just kind of just happens. Open support, all few monsters come in. They struggle to beat three monsters. Um, yeah, and then they, like, then they have no problem beating hundreds. Yeah. It is kind of neat that in the Pacific Rim films, though, that like they never win a battle cleanly in those films. Like, and that's something the uprising kept going, because that was something in the first film, that all their wins end with them losing part of their machine and things getting trashed, and they don't end up in good situations, and they end up blowing shit themselves up. And I kind of like, like that in this one, it's a bit more scrappy, like they're like, oh, we can get this yeah. from that robot and put it on this one. That's kind yeah. of nice. There's a whole bunch of, like, they barely survive through the film and everything yeah. as they go. Like, that that works effectively. And, like, the action sequences are fine. I think there's some cool little moments here and there and stuff, but it is very much a sort of middle-of-the-road just thing that happens it's it's great background yeah. material isn't it it's just it's like something you can have on you peek in every so often it doesn't really take mm. a lot of your but it just kind of doesn't 
like feel like it's building to much of anything for the first half, and then all of a sudden it's just like portal opens, shit's going on. That attack sequence when the AI bots attack the base goes on way too long mm. and stuff, and it's just I don't know. It feels like they probably cut some stuff down for time to keep it short. Cause it's only like an hour, and it's like well, I think it's just under two hours long. Yeah, but it feels like there's parts that have been pulled away, like they haven't fleshed out characters much, and they don't really. I don't know. Not really much comes from. I don't like. I, was, I can't remember much about any of the new characters apart from the little girl who's making her own mech. You've got little girl. But, you've got the Russian person who was basically raised yeah. to be a pilot. You've got Clint. Uh, not Clint. They could have done something with that little mech and yeah. Uh, yeah but yeah. instead they just don't pop out of another mech. Make it be a headmaster for another mech so mech she can control a giant mech with that little one. Well, that's the problem. I think that this <laughs> this is one of those films that Hollywood was making. They were like, oh yeah, it's a fucking great idea. We've got this whole new generation. You know, Jaegers, hmm. monsters. Everyone liked it. What are we going to do to set it apart from the other one? Set it during the day? Yeah, sounds like a great idea, which is a terrible idea. That's the first big issue is part of the part of the love that I think that uh, Pacific Rim got the first one was just how impressive everything was. Like you had a sense of life from these giant, like fucking almost clockwork. They were nuclear powered m- machines that just, mm. and because this is, this is one that's set very much like, you know, in the future and the, the idea of futurism is, Make it shinier, make it sleeker, and it just doesn't. It, it, I think that that it's a very much it's very much a victim of its own success in the first film. Because if it didn't, if the first one didn't do so well, but did enough that they could do another one, because the first one did really well. Hmm. But if they if the sequel just skirted by, they would have reduced the budget, and maybe there'd be less CGI. Maybe they would have done that lesson like the big fights have to be big fights. I would have just got rid of the CGI entirely and just did guys in suits. <laughs> Fucking do it old school style. Fuck it. <coughs> I don't doubt that somehow. Yeah, that's yeah. how I'd do it. Um, yeah, they should have had the robots combine. Like, if the monster can combine, the robot should combine. I want a combining mecha. I want them to sit together like a Jaeger that takes ten people to it fucking control it. It didn't ever feel it. like there were stakes in that movie, did it? <laughs> they were going to blow up Mount Fuji. Yeah, but that, you know, like how you did never feel like it might succeed. <laughs> yeah, it took its time getting up to the top of Mount Fuji yeah. for something that was like a mile long. <laughs> it's just, yeah, then destroyed one of its brains as well, which and I it just went uh, done. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's a weird film. I think that it could have been really good, but I think mm. they just fucked it. Pacing's all over the place. Yeah, and then just Charlie Day becoming the bad guy, and it's just so yeah. weird and random and stuff. And you can tell, like, there's not much in the way of him conflicting with it. There's a, there's like little moments of it where it's like, oh, it's not quite me. It's something else taking over. But then yeah. there's not and much then he comes. Seems from that. to really enjoy it. Yeah, like, he almost has a sexual relationship with that brain in his head. Oh yeah, it's his wife. He yeah. refers to him as, as it's his so wife. So fucking weird. Yeah, that's because it's his Charlie Day. He's doing he's doing freaky stuff. I mean, that's the dude, give you the dude eats rats poison for snacks yeah, and freaking, you know, eats chalk just out of his stomach. Yeah, like Richard Greco. Yeah, just just. They should have just put him on the Charlie work. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a shame though. It really is because it could have been could have been pretty great. They went and ended the film with a tease for another one as well, didn't they? I know. So yeah, we're going to bring the fight to them. Like, why? Just shut the door. <laughs> yeah, sod it. Burn everything that's left It'd over. It'd be great if they made an Into the Breach movie. Yeah. They just made it into an Into the Breach movie. Let's go down there into the alien world. But so far, we've not seen much of the alien world beyond it's just a big old open space with yeah. Yeah, wouldn't it be great if Guillermo del Toro just came back and he was like, "They fucked my franchise. Hellboy did it. I'm not letting this happen again. I'm gonna go and make a movie." He's too busy uh, making successful films. I think now. What's he making now? No idea. He's not making Hellboy. Is he making Into the Mountain of Madness yet? Didn't that happen? 
No, he wrote the script. The script was script was leaked. Yeah, and it never happened. Is that one he did with Tom Hiddleston? Oh, um, Crimson Ridge. No, Crimson, Crimson Peak. Peak. Yeah, yeah, I didn't see that. Do you not? Really, yeah. really good film. Visually, really nice. There. Um, It'd be weird if a Del Toro film looked like shit. <laughs> there's a lot of weird pacing issues, and I think one of the one of the problems was that he he chose to make a film in which. One of the key plot Knocking points. Knocking the fucking mic, you fuck. One, one of the key plot points is that they're on a mountain. It's called Crimson Peak because there's but a the particular. The peak's blue. No, there's a particular type of clay that that they have yeah. underneath, and the house itself was built on the clay mine, which makes no sense. And they have like repositories in the bottom for processing it and, and sort of re, like refining it. But then they've also got like a mine to the side that has this massive space that could have been used for processing and refining it. No. So geographically, it doesn't really make any, any sense. And the house is like rotting, basically, because the clay is eating away. It's a metaphor. Yeah, I know. But it's just, it's a very, it's visually, it's fucking stunning. But when you think about the actual... Don't think about the world. The metaphor's more important than the world. Yeah, okay. Stop putting so much focus on law and fucking okay. realism and law in I'm films. Sorry. Jesus. Um, how much are DC paying you nowadays? Jesus. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Pacific Rim Job Uprising. Eh, eh, eh. I'd say give it a go. Yes, it's worse stuff you can watch. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, you review your fucking penis. Don't review penis. I might review my penis now you said no, that. Don't. No, um, I'm going to review. Uh, I went to a music concert. Oh no! On Wednesday, uh, I went to go see uh, George Ezra. Don't know if you've heard of him. Ezra Miller. George Ezra. He. Uh, He's sung songs, apparently. I'm not a big fan of his. Uh, there's one song that he did called Hold My Girl, which I thought was quite pleasant. But then uh, Tara's a big fan, so we went to go see him. And as someone who is a fan, kind of, of one song of George Ezra, I will say there are a lot of children there, and he swore a lot, and it was weird. I think, I think predominantly children. he knows his audience was mostly like young women and he was swearing a lot and I was just a bit I found that a bit awkward maybe that's just my age is that my age I don't know but uh and also his stories when it comes to his songs are really shit but it turns out like the fan base love hearing the story there's a there's a song he wrote called Budapest and it's about how he never got to go to Budapest he goes on these holidays where he, he explains these in detail during the fucking gig. And he got the money to go to the food <coughs> Well, no. He goes on these holidays where he just goes on holiday for a month, which I don't think anyone I've known in my life who works full-time has ever been able to do without losing their job. Yeah, he's got mummy, daddy money. That's what yeah. I think. That's what I think. But anyway, so he explains he goes on these holidays for like a month, and he went on one where he drank some dodgy rum that he bought off someone in a park. I don't know why he was buying rum in a park. I think it was actually heroin, but I didn't... Didn't pry too much, just listen to the story. So he bought some rum off a guy in a park and he got sick and he had he had the shits. He says it in much he says it in a different language to this, it's much fruitier, much nicer language, much more flowery. Mm. Uh, but he got the shits and he missed his coach the next day to go to Budapest. Mm. So he wrote a song about Budapest. Alright. These musicians nowadays I don't think are deep. Who is this guy? Oh, he's a singer. He's Why very did you popular. go see him? Because Tara's a fan. It was her birthday. Oh, God. It was her birthday the 19th, so, yeah. So, saw the gig you, on the... You think it was terrible, yeah? I hated it. Yeah? But I... Did she a... listen to the podcast? No. <laughs> uh, but I put on a happy face. I had a... Well, I'll tell you what. I'm always a fan of going to any sort of musical show. 
Mm. And I think that it's he's just... going to be some twat from YouTube, isn't he? No, I don't think he is just from YouTube. I think he's like one of those people that someone found. Just from YouTube. Uh, but it's one of those things where... Well, don't say that because is it Bo Burnham's just from YouTube? And he's really good. Um, but yeah. Oh, God, he looks like a cunt. <laughs> he is a cunt. Um, he talks like one as well. Uh, but that's besides the point. Um, but yeah, so I went to the show. It wasn't for me, but I always like going to live music. And I think part of the whole thing about live music is the atmosphere and everything else. And it was the O2, so you don't really get much atmosphere. The O2? The O2? Yeah. For this fucker? Yeah. Jesus. So I went to go see it live at the O2. I saw Rush at the O2. That's a band that plays I in the O2. I saw ELO at the O2. Yeah, that, that's, that's... And I saw Muse at the O2. Uh, he won a Brit Award. Did he? Yeah. What for? For the song Budapest? Best male solo artist. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it just wasn't for me. But, you know, I can, I think that, I think Tara really enjoyed it, or at least the one mm. song she likes, because I think she might only like one song and she bought the tickets as an impulse buy, but that's besides the point. Um, so I went to see that. It's always a good move. I know. I went to see that, um, and it, I just, I, you know, I didn't like the music very much, but the atmosphere, there wasn't much of it. And, and in general, it was quite a clinical gig. He was in and out. Didn't really, didn't really stick around or do much. Um, before him, Sigrid played. All right. Sigrid. Sigrid. Yeah, she did some high five. Again, I only know one song. Sigrid right. and Roy. Yeah. Um, but in contrast, last night, last night, another live event I went to, I went to go see Jinx Monsoon from RuPaul's Drag Race Live. The band. Pretty good. Pretty good. And I say her because recognises herself or himself as non-binary. So either or really. Um, they, I guess, would be the right pronoun. Most people watch RuPaul's Drag Race. Look, RuPaul's Drag Race is great. Fuck off, man. <laughs> it's not as good as Stone Cold's Rattlesnake Ranch. No, it's better. Because, you know, you say that that's intense. Not as good as Deep Fry Masters. Oh, but Deep Fry Masters Season 2 disappeared. You can't even watch yeah, it. Yeah. Whatever happened to Season 2? They banned it. Everyone on it murdered people. <laughs> probably. Probably. Uh, but no, I, I really liked it. Jinx Monsoon was a totally different environment. There was a lot of comedy because it was like a comedy music event. It was a lot smaller, so there was instantly atmosphere. Like she interacted with the crowd. There was a lot of jokes and a lot of stuff oh. happening. Spout on some people sitting next to me. Um, and I'm rude. I know because I thought she swallowed. Uh, but <laughs> there's lots of jokes about that. Uh, but in general, in general, that was great. And we met her afterwards. We went to the meet and greet thing. Met, met her afterwards. There was a picture taken of me hanging out with her. Yeah, you know, getting spout. Getting spelled. Stamped um, on your bollocks with yeah. your high heels. Oh my god, if I was into that, yeah. I wish I was. Um, but yeah, it, like, and there's like a weird, there's a weird disconnect between someone like George Ezra who doesn't really respond to the crowd, and then you see someone who is wholly based on the crowd. Like at one mm. point, it was a joke, but she was counting the empty seats, and you kind of like got the sense of like, okay. She's actually counting those empty seats because there were actually empty seats. But there weren't that many. It was like only a venue of like 250, 300. It was the theatre yeah. next to the Prince Charles. Yeah, yeah. The one that goes down. But I had a fucking great What's time the gay bar? Is it a gay bar? Yeah, there's a gay bar directly opposite the Prince Charles, isn't it? Oh, no, it wasn't opposite. It was down next to. Oh. So it's the one that... There's like a little door. It looks like a church. You go down. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. yeah. But, um, but it was really fucking good. Like, a uh, completely different situation. Like, again... George Ezra tried to have fun with the audience and it came off very flat and the only people that really responded were the... Like, they I were... think the worst I saw live was um, the Boxer Rebellion. Um, they were supporting... Oh, really? Yeah, they were supporting Perfect Circle and this was years before they had that one album that did well. I kind of um, like the Boxer Rebellion. They were fucking terrible. Really? Yeah, the guy, their entire or, like their entire thing, they just came out, they played music and went, cheers. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. And this was like, this was years before they became famous because I remember when the album came out, I was working at HMV and I was like, fuck off, are they actually doing well? Like, those, that band was awful. Like, their songs were completely forgettable. But I'm talking like, I heard them back in like early 2000s. Yeah. yeah. So this is like years before they, because they were popular, what, like 2010, 2011? Something like that. Yeah. They had a couple out there. Well, I, remember, I remember the album, the Black Leaf album. That was yeah. a really, really early one. And that was crap. Yeah. But I mean, like, I like Boxer Rebellion. I know they're crap. Yeah, but they were being followed by a perfect circle, for fuck's yeah, sake. Yeah, I know. Maybe that's, they just already went, you know what? That's a bit ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. It's like the time when well, I went fuck. to download and I saw Prodigy play the second mm. stage at like seven o'clock and I was like, what the fuck are you doing with this yeah. organization? Now he's dead now. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's yeah. fucking sad, isn't it? Um, but anyway, back to... get a new Maxim album. Yeah. Uh, back to back to uh, the gig. So yeah, George Ezra didn't really respond to the crowd. There wasn't any real interaction. All the stories, people seemed to know them, like people mouthing along like it was a fucking song. Oh, he probably does like, the same as that thing every night. Yeah. And then all the people that, like he stopped, he kept doing the thing where he was like, I'm going to let everyone else sing now. And I was like, no, I paid to fucking hear you sing, dude. And like everybody was singing the words. I was just like, it was a really, and I don't know if that's just me, but when I saw Muse, Muse sang all their songs. Hmm. Like when I saw ELO, they played and sang all their songs. He likes to take people to... In, that's the crowd interaction. So, the, you so, just got to hold the mic up. You put the mic in someone's face. You're going, I want to yeah. rock and roll all night. But, <laughs> Kiss didn't even do that when I saw Kiss live. Kiss Every played day. all their songs. Um, so, but yeah, so um, if I was ever going to recommend it, like, I don't think you're ever going to... Sing on to YYZ at the Rush concert. <laughs> I don't... I, I I would have probably as well. Um, I don't think anyone. I don't think anyone seeing George Ezra doesn't know his songs, and I think that most of the people that saw George Ezra there, who were my age, the O2. I know who were my age. Did they cut half of it off? I think most of the people going there that were my age were maybe fans of those one or two songs, and they weren't really. And I think anyone who was younger, they knew everything, and anyone who's older than sort of thirty, to taking 35, their kids, taking the kids, <laughs> and there was there was an old guy sleeping in the row in front of us, <laughs> and I was just like, I wish I was that guy. Because so I can get away with a nap right now and Tara not be angry at me. I'll be really happy. But like like I said, in contrast, last night, like, it was literally, she was just all over the stage, really active. He didn't do anything. He just sat there playing one song, like, yeah. Did, did he feel the stage out? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, so, so yeah, so, I mean. I saw Michael I, Jackson live, I did. I can't recommend seeing George, George Ezra me. live. I really can't. I can't recommend, I think, in a big environment... It doesn't suit his kind of music anyway. It's, it's like folky a, music, isn't it? Yeah. It doesn't really suit a fucking massive venue. But Tara was, Tara was a little bit disappointed music. by it and she didn't really... I mean, like, I would be as well. But then, in contrast, seeing Jinx once doing 300 people, everyone in the audience was entertained. Mm-hmm. Everyone was involved. Like, it was all... Songs were played. It was really loud. But it was the right size venue, the right size volume. The jokes were great. And just, in general, it was like an atmosphere instantly. And so she came out, she had like this warm pack. So she was doing the show. She had a pianist and herself. And she just sang in the <laughs> pianist. pianist. Um, and the pianist played the piano. And he came out and did like a warm up bit. And he was like, she's, she's hit 30. She's a bit upset about it. Everybody just remember. And the whole show was called The Ginger Snapped. And it's like got all this theme around it. And it's great. And I, and I, you know, like you're immediately there. When it's George Ezra and he's just got like a couple of backgrounds. They had some lampshades. It looked like someone's living room. And the most entertaining thing for me was the lampshades kept going up and down before he'd sung. And I was like, oh, I wonder what he's playing next. Lampshades have gone up, so he's going to get wild. I bet he's going to jump up there. I saw Sigur They had a whole bunch of midgets playing musical instruments, like trombones. Going around the stage, that was good. They only came out once, and then that was it. When I saw the um, when I saw the beat stakes, I randomly went to go see the beat stakes in London. I thought the gig was going to be packed, and it turned out to be like a fucking. It turned out to be about double the size of the boiler room in Guildford, hmm. and I thought it was going to be packed. And beat stakes are a German band, 
And they only sang one song that I heard in Portugal one time when I was like 11 and I remembered the name and went, oh, fuck it, I'll buy tickets. I'll go see him. I've got nothing else to do that night. And I go out and the guy comes out on stage and he, he speaks very low English. So he says, if, okay, with your, I uh, speak in German for the rest of the gig. No one has any problems with this, do they? No. Fine. Fantastic. Whoa! Oh God! And it just starts spouting German. He's telling jokes in German and no one understands it, but the crowd is so fucking hyped up on this dude in this like fucking, yeah. he looks like an extended version of Sergeant Pepper, but it's like a completely red outfit. And he's singing Hey Joe, which is completely in English, but apparently he doesn't understand half his own lyrics. And he's fucking getting the crowd going. And he's stomping around like fucking dancing and everybody was into it. And it's like really pleasant. And it's the same with other bands. Like I saw, um, I saw, uh, Sepatura. Sepultura. Sepultura, sorry. Jesus. And they sing mostly about World War Two. But the guy comes out wearing his like fucking bulletproof vest and he's Jungle like fair. Yeah. And he's like he's like, Is everybody having good time? Yeah We can sing another song now And they start singing and like every just in between, he is the happiest person in the world. You can tell he lives for that shit. Hmm. And it's the same again, George Ezra. He's living because he's just so rich now probably that it doesn't fucking matter and doesn't care. Jinx Monsoon, she's probably surviving on the money that she's making from that. It's probably closer to a normal wage, maybe double what we're earning most of the time. And and that gig is, you can tell that's fine-tuned. It's really good. And to be honest, she can sing really well. And the comedy timing is great. And then you've got someone like... just It's such a contrast to go through in four days. I don't know how people see so many gigs in their time. Because, like, how do, how do people watch so much shit... Like that. So I just don't. I just only go to the concerts when it's someone's. I know. Well, it's I did. Good. I, I did want to go see Jinx Monsoon because, like I said, I've been watching RuPaul's Drag Race with Tara, um, and and that season, like you know, when you're watching any sort of reality TV program, there's like instantly someone you go, yeah, I hope they win. Everybody does it. Like there's someone mm. that you sort of your your horse in the race, and that was the kind of with that contestant. We were like, oh, I hope she wins. She's probably not going to win though because she was a bit dorky and still is. Um, she's recently done a voice in Steven Universe. Ooh. She's doing like Steven Universe stuff and she's been in a few other things. Yeah. And some video game voices, I think, as well. So, yeah. It, yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, really great time. But George Ezra hasn't been in any video games. Fuck him. He's probably played video games the rest of his life because he's got so much money. What a little cunt. Um, George Ezra, it seemed really soulless. It was pop and it was manufactured. It didn't really f- come off as very nice. And also, he swears, he swears so much in front of kids. He knows his audience is kids and it always irks me when someone pretends they're not. Because yeah, that's always what Lost Profits did. That's always what Lost Profits did. And that's what, that's what 30 Seconds... Yeah, he loves swearing in front of kids. He was always like, seconds, put my dick in your I fucking saw, mouth. I saw 30 Seconds to Mars and literally, I was 18 and I was like, oh fuck, everyone's young here. And and he was swearing constantly saying like, oh, this was a song about me fucking some girl one time. And I'm like, read the room, dude. These girls are 12. And he's like, yeah. That creepy badger from Lost Profits was always like, how fucking old are you? And they're like, mm. five, isn't it? Too old. Well, I mean, according to the rumours, I say rumours, according to a lot of witnesses, so is Jared Leto. <laughs> that guy loves to fuck kids. Uh, like Donald Trump. And your review? Fuck you. Uh, um, go see Jinx Monsoon, though, if you get yeah. a chance. Yeah. Yeah. I saw Amanda Palmer at the um, Union Chapel Church, Union Chapel in London. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. I went there to go see... Um, fuck. What That's was, a stupid name for a band. No, no, no. I went there to go see... I actually went to a Jameson's live event when they hmm. showed... What's the film about the bug aliens that are found underneath London? It's like a 50s horror film. It's set in London. It's uh, Doctor... 
Zhivago. No, not Doctor Zhivago. It's um, <laughs> it's like a cult. It's like a. It's almost like a yeah. Doctor Who, but it's like more adult and there's like monsters and shit. Then this whole right. World War Two setup, and they had like you Isn't know that how- the Garth Marenghi film where he's fighting the wasps. Yeah, the- so like uh, But you know, you know the setup for the the chap yeah. where it's got the upper level and then you got the lower level. Yeah, and yeah. You've got the pews and stuff. We were on the upper level and you look down and they had like a little couple of World War Two. Oh, I was right down at the front. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, God, it's a really Perhaps good venue. contraption we're playing there. Perhaps contraption were amazing. I think that seeing a movie, I'd prefer to be up the top because the screen's like really high up there. Mm. So if you're sitting at the front, you're looking up the screen. It's fucking useless, but you can see her right there, can't you? Because it's yeah, not yeah. very high stage either. Yeah, I was like four rows back. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, I should review. Uh, oh, a little fart. There you go. That was a right. big fart. No, there was two farts there actually. You'd be proud of yourself. Yeah, you big farts. Um, finished another series of Power Rangers. Oh shit! Power go Rangers. go yeah. Power Rangers! I'm into the Neo Saban era now, and this yep. is uh, Power Rangers Samurai. Like, so this was, after the Disney era, a lot of fans, for some reason, were acting as if the Disney era wasn't good, whereas really, the whole series is pretty good. There's only one dodgy one out of the lot. Okay. It's pretty solid, and it ended on, like, probably the best series of Power Rangers there's been. Can I I ask a question? Because you're quite deep into Power Rangers now. I caught an episode of Power Rangers this morning, and watched the whole thing, because I was in a hotel, we didn't really have much else to do, so we watched Power Rangers. Um, And the episode of Power Rangers I watched, they're morphers... One, they had two. They had one that was controlled. Oh, by did the Gold Ranger guy. have his burger morpher? It's probably oh. Ninja Steel. Ninja Steel. Okay, is Ninja Steel <laughs> the one where they've got one of the Zords has a Zord sitting? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's oh Steel. God, it's awful. That's amazing. That it's, Zord. Am- it's not amazing. That Zord's amazing. It looks awful because they have their special move. The Zord that yeah jumps down out and goes, fucking kicks. No, he doesn't. He has a sword that comes out as well. Yeah. They both have swords and just like... Yeah, it's meant to be a puppet. Like It's meant to be like a puppet being it's controlled. So it's ingenious, that absorbed. It's not as terrible. Is, is that the series you're talking about? Yes, power, that's um, probably Super Ninja still you're watching. Yeah. The Gold Ranger in that series is a ninja cowboy. And he's um is in the Japanese series, because they've got different morphers in the US yeah. one. He's got a mobile phone, and you can't really see what it is. It looks like it's got shurikens on it. Yeah. But he pulls a thing out, puts it in the middle, shuts it, and it's a fucking burger. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, Samurai. Um, this is the first like Saban era one when okay. Saban's brought the rights back. Yeah. You know, Saban, notorious racist uh, old man who's very stingy with his money. Yeah. Supports Donald Trump, apparently. Really? Um, yeah, apparently. Doesn't own the rights to Power Rangers anymore, so fuck him. That's for the best. Um, but anyway, he like brought the rights back from has from Disney because Disney were desperate to drive it into the ground, but no matter what, they couldn't manage it because mm. the people making the show were genuinely into making the show and they. No, RPM, like I say, RPM's so... They they put so much effort into RPM, they didn't have the money to make the following series because they spent it all. Um, so Samurai comes along, new team making it, and instead of putting any effort into it, they did the bare minimum they possibly could to the point where the screenplay credit actually has the credit for the Japanese person who wrote the Japanese episode of Shinkenja. Yeah. It's based on... It says Japanese version written by... Because they literally just copy and pasted the script... Right, and this series Samurai, remember? Yeah. It's very Japanese, this series of Super Sentai. Like, it's all about samurai warriors, generations of rangers who have taken on the mantle of fighting off monsters called Nylocks and stuff. Yeah. Um, at least they're called Nylocks and Samurai, and Shinkenja are called something else. So the American show starts off with a clip just straight from the Japanese show. It's got, like, a Japanese guy being scared. It says, centuries ago in ancient Japan, Nylocks go and they were forted by Power Rangers and stuff. Now their ancestors pick up the mantle. Their ancestors, all apart from one, are Asian, right? So they're all American. It's filmed in New Zealand, but they're American. So none of them have got a proper American accent. Yeah. Because they're New Zealanders, a lot of them doing American accents. 
one of the rangers, Mia Watanabe, is the only Japanese one. But the main character is called Jaden Shiba. He's got a Japanese surname. His, his, his entire family is like pure white bread. Like, he is the whitest boy around. And he can't act to save his life. And I'm watching this and I'm just like, the entire main roster of rangers are awful. Like, not one of them can emote in the slightest, especially the yellow ranger. She is. She is terrible. Um... The Green Ranger, whatever his name is, Marcus or something, he puts some effort in. That guy, he tries, he tries a bit. Yeah. He's got a bit more character. He's a bit of a Joker type. Um, but because like a lot of the script is literally copy and pasted, like you can watch the scenes side by side and sometimes they have the exact same editing. Mm. Um, it's like, it, there's loads of times where the humor is really friggin' weird and odd. <laughs> like where it's just like very Japanese slapsticky humour in your American show. Yeah. Um, to make matters worse, um, they brought Bulk back from the old show because they're trying to remind you of original Power Rangers. It trades a lot of nostalgia, this series. But they don't get Skull. So instead he's looking after Skull's son, Spike. Oh, I remember this. Now, if you work out the math, Spike Skull would have had Spike when he was like 14. Yeah. Um, which is a bit weird. And he never mentioned a son in Mighty Morphin. For those six years he was on the show, so shrug, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, he must have really been taking care of that kid. Apparently, Spike's a million, Skull's a millionaire now. Yeah, I something. remember that's the yeah. that's the story. But um, they're they're training to be a samurai, and they have nothing to do with the episodes. Doesn't like, he turn up at the end, and he's got a limo? Yeah, in the very last episode, Super yeah. Samurai does. He's yeah, got a limo. The, that's the and next series. He's still wearing his collar. Yeah, that's the next oh, series, though. But um, they literally, like, for the course of the series, their entire interaction with the Power Rangers is they walk past each other at a, a patisserie place where they're getting some cakes in one episode. Yeah. Um, and in one episode, Skull gets rescued by the Pink Ranger, and for the rest of the show, he's like, I'm in love with her, and then just seems to forget that. He forgets that, yeah. Um, that sounds about right for Power Rangers. Yeah. Um, this series only got 20 episodes. So that they, rather than cram the entire Japanese show into 20 episodes, they, they've split it into two series, and I'm on the second series now, which is Super Samurai. Good on them. Um, Crazy thing with this, whenever they get their Zords, they have this armour on, and they never wear the armour outside of the Zords, and it's because apparently when Power Rangers was off the air, the plan was for ba- um, Bandai to release samurai figures as like a toy-exclusive range, mm. like they were going to take the Japanese figures and a bunch of new- make a bunch of new ones, and release it as like a range of Power Rangers that were only going to exist in pat- toy form, because they weren't sure if they were going to have a series. So they made these armour costumes that were meant to be Mega Modes, and when it came to actually making the series, they were like, well, shit, we have to put these costumes in the show somehow. And it becomes the fucking, what they wear when they're piloting the Zords. Yeah. Even though they're battle armour, they never wear them in battle. They yeah. wear them from the safety and comfort of inside their Zords um, all the time. So they had to film entirely new Zord sequences. They've got to be really warm in there as well. Yeah. It's Can't like... be feeling good. It looks more like Kamen Rider arm when they wear it. Um, there's some interesting stuff in there. Like I like the way they morph in the show. Like, they have... In the Japanese show, they have mobile phones that have paint sticks on them. They took the paint sticks off and just have the light, so it's a bit more digital and stuff. Yeah, it's a bit more cool. And they paint hiragana in the air, although they're just called power symbols in this. It's fucking hiragana. Yeah, I recognise it. Um, so they paint that in the air. That's how they summon magic. That's how they morph. That's how they do basically anything. They've got little... Their zords are little tiny, like, folding pu- puzzle boxes. Yeah. So they open up and it's like a line and it grows big. And that's their zord they jump in. Mm. So there's some nice ideas in there, but the show is just... It's, it is shocking going from RPM, which was like fantastic, like genuinely really good. And you've got this team of rangers, not a single one of them can act. Yeah. Um, one of the villains from 
the one of the older series is playing the mentor in this series. Mm. Um, it also features our favourite Red Ranger, Ricardo Medina Jr., the one who fucking murdered his roommate with a samurai sword. Oh, no way! This is the yeah. series! Yeah, he's the bad guy in this series. One oh, of the bad guys. Oh, come on now. He's the good guy in real life. Yeah, but he was the Red Ranger in Wild Force, but this is he comes back as a different character in this series called Decca. Good on him. Um, with a beard and everything. But yeah. from what I understand... He murdered this roommate before Super Samurai finished airing. Okay. So they had to keep airing the show with with him. <laughs> Murdering people. Yeah. Um, I wonder how many people he shot. And he walks around prison. with a samurai sword the whole Did time. Do you know actual like, martial arts? No, oh, he was, yeah, yeah. Because oh, yeah, obviously he had to wear the suit. That's well, he had a samurai then, sword. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, he had a samurai sword. Yeah, but what, what teenager doesn't? What, what person with a samurai sword Look, doesn't know martial arts? If you want to detect arts? an incel, just double check. Have they got a Pulp Fiction poster of a samurai sword? Mm. You've got an incel. The fedora. <laughs> the fedora. Yeah. Do they have neck weights? Beard doubling as a neckline. <laughs> yeah. um, Do they have neck weights? Yeah. But yeah, the, 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 the series... <laughs> Like such a slave to the Japanese show, it's insane. The the difference between spotting Japanese footage and American footage is like it's barely there anymore. Yeah. So whenever it does jump to like the Japanese stuff, it does fit in. You do notice like they haven't digitally removed any of the hiragana in the background, so they haven't carefully avoided showing Japanese written in the world. But seeing as this is a world where they're everyone's American, but they write with Japanese stuff in the air, why not? Fuck it. Yeah. Um. Fuck it. They introduced a Gold Ranger partway through the series. He's actually the only one of the team who feels like he's from another series. He's like like the guy can emote. Mm. He can act. He's a bit more cartoonish. He's a fisherman. He sells fish at the pier. This is a bit like the chef character from the last one. Uh, no, chef character wasn't a chef character. You know the one who turned out to be their mentor? He was a chef. He worked in the restaurant. Oh, no, that's from Jungle Fury. Sorry. No. Nah. You're the two series behind there. I'm way behind. RPM's the one where the mentors are schoolgirl genius and it's a little car the kid the little kid has a car but um, this one yeah the gold ranger he he has a sword that's like it looks like a fish when it's in its sheath and pulls yeah. it out and he's, his whole thing is he goes super fast oh. and he does like loads of attacks he goes hey let's see that again in slow motion you see him do what, what he did in his attacks oh. which is a very that's that's odd but whatever it's a very American idea isn't it yeah but yeah. it's just it's just a mess like yeah I can tell mm. just from the description you give me there yeah yeah, there's a whole thing going on in the series where like they they've clearly got bored of trying to excuse how they get new abilities. Yeah, they're just like okay. So early on they go right, okay guys. There's not many of these discs around. These discs have power. Mm-hmm. They're actually quite cool. You attach them to the sword, and on the sword there's like a mirror dome thing, and you yeah. spin it, and the discs have a pattern on them that animates. Just quite a neat little visual thing. Yeah, it's good for toys. You don't want to see that every hundred, hundred. Yeah. You don't want to see that you see every different episode. Ones. So you get to see a swordfish and stuff. Great. So they go, oh, there's not many of these around. There are loads of them have been lost because I guess this generations of samurai warriors are a bit careless. Sold them on eBay. Yeah, they sold them, yeah. Um, and then it just gets to the point where it's like, yeah, here's another one. And then Antonio turns up and says, yeah, I made this whole more for myself. Um, I was here when I was a kid and I just thought, you know, I'm going to become a Power Ranger and he made his own morpher and he had a squid sword. And then he just fixes a crawfish sword, and it's like, yeah, here's another power. Fuck it. It's like, why not? They have a whole episode where it's like, getting these new powers is going to be really important. The Blue Ranger has to catch a swordfish, like it's swimming around. It's like he has to catch the swordfish, swordfish and stuff. Mm. And some random guy ends up helping him, and then he like realizes it's a giant sword. He's like, what the hell are you catching? What did I get involved in here? <laughs> it's like they just stumbled across some fisherman guy, and he's like, I'm really fucking confused here, mate. <laughs> I don't blame him. You should have been a reoccurring character, I reckon. Just what, turning up every so often and building people new so What swords? happened with that giant robot fish you caught? You pulled out the ocean. Don't worry about it. What was that about? Don't worry about it, lad. Are you a Power Ranger? Nah. <laughs> Cut it off.
What do you mean Power Ranger? Um, but yeah, it's it's a bit of a messy series, this one. It doesn't sound it. The thing that's worrying me is that Super Samurai has been pretty terrible. Yeah. Um, I've watched a bit of Super Samurai and it seems like the actors have had a little bit of acting lessons in between series and they're a little better. Yeah. Just enough where it sounds like they're saying words like humans now. Um, but like in this first series, it's almost entirely a group of CJs, the Red Ranger from Turbo, who couldn't say anything correctly, who said weird stuff all the time. Um, but I'm gonna kill my I'm gonna kill my roommate with a sword. Yeah. The thing is though, is that like this out of all these Neo Saban ones, this isn't the really bad series. No. This isn't the one the fans always point to as going, this is the disaster. That was the one that you watched and you didn't think was too bad. No, no, that's the one that's coming up. Megaforce, oh. two series. Megaforce and Super Megaforce, the anniversary one. Because right early on when I was doing these Power Ranger things, actually about a year ago, um, I talked about a Super Sentai series called Gokaija. Yeah. The one where they're pirate-themed and they transform into the other one. Rangers. I that one. Fantastic fucking series. Yeah. That's what Super Megaforce is based on. Oh, okay. Not Megaforce, though. Ha. Huh. So it's two series, and they took the whole of Gokaija and they forced it into 20 episodes, but at the same time, they're still using the suits from the previous series, and their pirate costumes are super modes. They go from being angelic to being pirates. It's never said why. This sounds confusing. Yeah, they went from having all this armour to being pirates. So basically what you're saying is, don't start watching Power Rangers now. I'm gonna get, I'm, I've am got to get through it. you got to get I'm through I'm near it. the end. got to get through this. I've got Super Samurai. Two yep. series of Megaforce, yep. two series of Dino Thunder, yep. two series of Ninja Steel, and then Beast Morphers, which apparently Beast Morphers is quite good. People are liking it. Well, it was the inferior Transformers series for me. But... Beast Machines. Um, but yeah, Power Rangers Samurai. It's, um, oh God. I mean, Master G's all right. Doesn't say much. Stops one of the Rangers, he tells one of the Rangers he can't be a Ranger, even though he's quite clearly proved he can be a Ranger. For two episodes. He goes, you're not good enough yet. And stops him. This sounds infuriating. Mm. But you know what? You're doing what you love. Watching Power Rangers. Yeah. DK. Donkey Kong. And then, you know, maybe next time, next episode, I might have finished watching Super Samurai. What? I'm not going through these very quickly, these ones. No, it's slowing down a lot. I remember you were doing one, one every episode for a little bit. Well, I'm getting... With Super Samurai, even though it's 20 episodes, I'm only watching, like... One at a time, because man. Mm. Although I'm getting up to the one where Ekadarville is in the episode, he comes back, um, but not officially. They credit him as someone else because he did it outside of his union acting. Oh. And he doesn't actually appear on screen. Fucking. Yeah. Splitter. They um have the Red Ranger turn up and he never gets out of his costume the whole time. <laughs> so. Great. Yeah. Anyway, penises. Yeah. Alright, is it my review? Yeah, what are you going to finish with? Oh, uh, no, it's my. Third review. Oh, for fuck's sake. Um, I'm going to review Triple Frontier, starring Batman. What? So, Netflix released a film on the 3rd of March. Oh, that Ben Affleck Called one. Triple Flun- Frontier. Triple Frontier. Um, and it is a movie about sad Batman. Sad Batman? Sad Batman. No, it's a, it's a film about a bunch of soldier, soldiers that um, Oscar Isaac is living in... in um, Living in Southern America, hmm. um, like Brazil, Colombia, places like that. Um, he's living over there, and he's doing a, a bit of wet work for people in the area. He's basically he was a soldier who was stationed somewhere, and he found it difficult to uh, climatize to American life. So he decided that he was going to stick it out, just find another jungle, and then just basically continue doing soldiering work, but on 
on the fly for people that, you know, basically gave him enough money to survive. Hmm. He's gotten to a point in his career where his knees are causing him a lot of issues. He's sort of, he's getting old, he's getting slower and he doesn't Oscar really want to Yeah, I know. Um, and so he finds out, he finds out about a drug deal that means there's going to be a lot of money housed in a particular location for an amount of time with minimal security because most people won't know about it. The only reason he's found out about it is because one of the prostitutes in the area that he, he knows has been going to that house and they've been doing a lot of, a lot of work around it and they've put in a big safe. So She's been doing a lot of prostituting around yeah. it. Um, that's the tip-off. she off. put in the safe. Yeah, that's the tip-off. So uh, what... She could have put in the safe. Could have just been like in, in Pirates of the Caribbean 5. Hmm. Dead men tell no tales. That's all that. good yeah, movies. Um, so, <laughs> so he gets together some of his old war buddies, which include Charlie Hunnam, Garrett Hedlund, uh, Pasco Patel, or... Pi- Is it Pasco Patel? All right. Pedro Pascal. Pascal, Pedro, um, and, and Ben motherfucking Affleck. Oh. Um, and they... Is this one of Ben Affleck's slumming it films, like the one he did with Timberlake a few years ago? Yes and no. He seems to <laughs> he seems to have tried to work out a little bit, but he's still alcoholic puffy. Yeah. Um, it's it's a pretty strong movie. It starts out starts out really interesting. So you see you see some of their lives and what they're up to. Garrett Hedlund, he's he's struggling with PTSD, but instead of dealing with it, he's essentially just going into cage fighting and like trying to like fight through stuff. Charlie, Charlie... Can you only do... No, no, no that's a different yeah. film. Charlie Hun- Hunnam is his brother <laughs> and he's just basically fixing him up and he's just trying oh, to... Oh, the guy from Pacific Rim. Yeah. Um, and uh, Pedro Pascal, he seems to be doing all right. He's just a pilot. Just mm. hey, sort of chilling out. But he's doing it because there's the chance of a big payout and Ben Affleck's doing it, it because... It sounds an awful lot like Air America. It is a little bit like Air America. They're all in America to begin with, though. They're uh, not, you know. Um, and also, it doesn't have Mel Gibson. It doesn't have... Robert Downey Jr. in it, yeah. yeah. Um, or uh, Forrest Whitaker was in that, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Forrest Whitaker's in everything. Great movie, every Vietnam movie, because um, he was in Good Morning Vietnam. Listen, you go back, you throw a dart in any film, and he'll be. There's a good chance in it. Yeah, first he, he's time in, he's in, High. He was an American dad for like a bunch of episodes. Why? I don't know. He played like an FBI agent. Well, then um, Patrick Stewart slums it in that show. As yeah, well, he does. So. Yeah. Well, apparently Patrick Stewart does it sometimes, but a lot of the time it's just uh, Seth MacFarlane doing a Patrick Stewart impression. Apparently he's gotten so good at it, some episodes they can't tell each other apart, mm. which makes sense because, you know, oh, why, why oh. pay actors when you can just steal their voice? Yeah. Uh, so uh, so these guys get together and the plan is they're going to go and take out one person who's a fucked up drug dealer and a cotton arsehole, so they're just going to take him out and they're going to steal all the money. Uh, they get there and it turns out that it's not going to be a temporary holding place for money and the safe that's been installed is empty. What's actually happened is oh, no. the house... She mistook it for being that they were installing the safe. What they were actually doing is they were installing the safe, but as a decoy. That was where they were going to put other stuff. So valuables that, you know, um, valuables like gold and things like that. Things they rock, so things on a hold. Um, and in fact, what they've done is the house renovations that have been going on, they've actually been filling the walls with money from all the cartels in the area. They've yeah. made it like a fucking drop house, basically. Um, so the guys turn up, they can smell fresh paint and they, like, one of them goes, oh, fuck, this place puts his hand through the wall because they can't find any money and they find money beyond the wall. Um, and this is where problems start to arise for our crew because Ben Affleck gets greedy. Now, he, out of all the people, is the person who's struggling the most. He's a divorcee, he's living in the, ba- he's not in the basement, but he's living in the garage of the house that he owns and technically is still paying for being a realtor uh, because his wife has divorced him, they're not getting on, but she's still kind enough to let him stay there. At the same time, he can't afford to move out. So he's desperate to do the job so that firstly... So like when Batman was living in that 
little hut. Look, right, the, sad Batman. Sad yeah. Batman. Um, Series giant mansion. <laughs> Could put a table in here. <coughs> room for five. Sorry about the and that. more. Um, I like it in Injustice 2 where he, where he goes, don't think I didn't notice. It's like, what? And he removes the cloth and it's like, the Justice League table still there? Um, and Batman's just like, I was like, oh, didn't even know it was there. And Superman's like, yeah, right. And Superman's like, I'm not even. I'm not even whispering as quietly as I could. I'm whispering at this level so other people can't hear. Yeah, me. You're going to get taken out by a noise gate talking that quietly. Anyway, so uh, so yeah, so uh, misunderstanding so, microphone. Um, time. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck becomes greedy and he has planned the job so they have free a three minute window that's like a buffer window. So if there are any complications, then they can they can head out. Um, he uses that three window. minutes. Yeah. Is that the triple frontier? It is. Uh, he uses that time to grab an extra extra amount of money because he's so desperate to make sure ends meet um, this in fact puts them over their cargo load but at the same time it also means that they they need to escape in a different different way than they previously planned so they have to go around and come back and double back and then get into a helicopter and it just it throws the job off because it's great um, complications arise as I said the weight limit is reached the helicopter can't take them all off because it's a smaller, smaller vehicle um, and the cargo that they're carrying at the bomb they have to cut it loose. Now, in the actual cabin, I think that they say that they have roughly about 54 million between them. So they're in their bags and everything else. They've got about 54 mm. million. Um, only the majority of the money, which is about six to 500 million, give or take, I can't remember what the plot amount is, uh, but they cut that loose and that drops and that lands into a sw- in, in a small village. And Ben Affleck, in his madness, um, well... Ben Affleck basically ends up confronting the villagers because the helicopter crashes so they're all on, on the ground. They basically have to travel by foot at that point. This all sounds really interesting, and it should be. There should be like a... You don't just don't tell everyone just what happens in the film. Yeah, no, I won't. I'm, I'm probably going to stop there. Basically, something happens that causes ripples throughout the rest of the story, and their escape is hindered by the events that happen in that village. And it is fucking great. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. It could have been better. It should be like it's a... It's like anything with Charlie Hunnam in it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, no, no, that's not true. Um, it's it's a strong film. I think the problem is there's... Although it sounds like there's a lot of action, there's not a lot of action. A lot of it is a lot more um, contemplative than, than it sounds. There's a lot more thinking, considered um, ideas there. There's a very anticlimactic finish to it. And in general, I feel like this could be... So you take something like Solidado, whatever it was, what was the film? Solidado. Sicario? Sicario. There's a film called Solidado. Yeah, Solidado is the enforcer, isn't it? Sicario is also an enforcer of Mexican gangs. Um, But anyway, so um, Sicario, it could have been like that. A slow burn, more intrigue. So maybe have them having interviews or maybe have people talking about what's happening. And the fact that they've got people listening at different points to have it. Mm. So there's a little bit more of that going on. But... No, it's just very cut and dry, like on foot journey. And there's some funny bits, and there's some. There, there are like there's there's room for levity and humour because they are soldiers. They've been through this shit together, so they're all quite level headed in it. But at the same time, there's there's moments that are sad, and it, it just it, you know, all in all, it's a complete film. It feels it feels like you know they they set out to make what they wanted to, and Netflix gave them the money to do it. I don't feel like at any point they were hindered. I just think the story could have probably used a touch-up, which is how I feel about 90% of Netflix shit. It always feels like the story could use a touch-up, you know, maybe a trim, 
maybe someone else's eyes on the script just to have a look and, and Netflix don't care they just I know I know make but no, they it's, want. It, like if you've got if you've got Netflix it's worth watching and even if you don't I'd say it's probably worth getting Netflix just to watch this and some other shit that they've got knocking about you could probably make it make a good weekend out of it um, but yeah like the star power alone is surprising it's yeah. kind of weird because Oscar Isaac right now is blowing up Ben Affleck is you know despite all the troubles he is blowing up Pedro Pascal is in everything right now you know he's doing a Star Wars. No suit. idea he is. He was in Kingsman. He was like the one of the American Kingsmen. No I'm idea. Sure he's in Hanel Caesar. Hanel Caesar. Hanel Caesar. Is that um, an Axel Braun film? It is. Uh, no, <laughs> but no. All in all, all in all, um, it's a strong movie. It's just not the best. I'd probably give it. I'd give it something akin to a <sighs> Patrick Wilson. What's wrong with Patrick Wilson? I mean, how many Patrick Wilson films have you seen? Uh, Hard Candy, fucking Watchmen. Yeah. Um, he's in uh, The A-Team. Have you seen Barry Monday? No. Okay. It's a Patrick Wilson. <laughs> yeah, your review, Anne. Why don't you like The A-Team? Don't mind The A-Team. It's not a great film. <laughs> um, also, you haven't seen Barry Monday. I don't know what that is. Don't watch Barry Monday. He was in... What superhero did he play the dad of? He's in something, isn't he? Where he's like the dad of some character. No, it wasn't Tomb Raider, was it? It was something like that. I can't remember what. It was in all these flashback sequences. Shall I, shall I Google Patrick Wilson while you do your next review? I can't remember. All right, you do your next review and I'll Google uh, Patrick Wilson. Right. Shut the fuck up. Yep. Um, right, the next film is imperative. There are no spoilers. Given. Okay. Because I know you. You've probably fucking watched some YouTuber doing a video going oh this movie sucks it's terrible and then they spoil watch, the entire you watched, thing you watched Aquaman didn't you no no the, you probably watched someone who's just like fucking just ripped the oh film my God, hurry giving up. all the spoilers and everything hurry up so shut the fuck up so I watched um, Serenity not not the Firefly movie <laughs> I was gonna say was yeah gonna say. the Matthew McConaughey oh, um, yeah, and no. Hathaway movie yeah um <laughs> <laughs> right, so no one can spoil this because if you watch this film knowing anything more about it, then it's about a guy who's trying to catch a fish and one day his wife turns up and asks him to kill her husband. His ex-wife turns up and asks him to kill her husband. If you know anything about that film other than that, you've ruined the entire film. <laughs> you have to watch this going in completely blind. How did you go in completely blind? Cause I had no idea. I, I purposely avoided spoilers because I Prometheus, heard it Prometheus, he plays the dad. Yes. Yeah, 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 okay, next one. Yeah, but um, yeah. So I avoided friggin' spoilers for the whole thing. So how? don't go looking I them up. Still don't know how you missed spoilers for this. I made sure. I was just like, because everyone was saying this thing's batshit insane. So I have to look it up. I saw that and I got. I think I got an hour through. I watched the whole by, thing, but I skipped a bunch. You have to watch the entire. No, thing, you don't. You do. It's fantastic. It's mind-numbing. It might be one of the greatest films ever. <laughs> no, made. it's not. It's amazing. It's so bad. Yeah, yeah, it's terrible. Okay, but it was also one of the best films ever made. <laughs> go for it. Go, go um, tell me. So, Serenity. Yeah, Matthew McConaughey is just angry, and he he wants to catch a big fish. It seems to be a whale. He says it's tuna. But it's very big. It is very big. Um, and there's a whole thing like he's a jerk and stuff. Doesn't really matter. But what this film is is just. Like, so weird. Like, right from the very start, everything feels wrong. Yeah. Like, the whole film feels off. Stuff, some of it's on purpose. Like, some of it's like they're trying to be a bit weird. There's a guy who you keep seeing every now and again with a briefcase, and he, like, he's at the water's edge and he takes his shoes and socks off and runs through the water with the shorelines out. 
he just keeps turning up every now and again and he's trying to get to Matthew McConaughey and he keeps missing him. He's like, oh, he's off 20 minutes off schedule right now. Um, there's weird stuff where it feels like exposition is being extremely on the nose to an insane degree. And then it kind of gets excused with the plot twist that happens later, but like doesn't really excuse it. There's <laughs> no excuse. Because um, it's trying to make you feel like at the start that this is a small island Sky lives on. Everyone knows everyone else's business. But it's to the point where they know your business and it's like super private business that they couldn't possibly know. Um, there's really on the nose stuff like when you listen to the radio at the start and he goes, it's a great day to get out there and catch that big fish. And it's like, I was like, that's a bit on the nose, mate. <laughs> like, and that's what he wants to do. But yeah, yeah. Um, Digimon Houndsu's in it. Like, yep. you, you know, he's in everything now, I think. I mean, he's in two Captain Marvel films this year, so good for him. Um <laughs> You know, it's it's got a it's just such a weird cast. It's got fucking what's his face, John Connor from Terminator Genesis. Yes, his name is. Can't his name. Jay, no, uh, Jay Courtney. No, he wasn't John Connor. He was Carl Reese. Oh, he wait. Oh, uh, uh, oh, God, fucking other damn. guy. Yeah, he's in. He's in Pet Cemetery. Yeah, weird face guy. Uh, Clark. No, not Clark. Greg. What's his name? <laughs> Jason Clark. Yeah, that's it. yeah, sure. Why not? Um, and halfway comes into it, just like out of nowhere, just yep. wanders in. Full Femme Fatale style. She knows, yeah, schedule. She, knows, she knows what film she's in. She knows the schedule um, that he's on. You keep getting weird stuff like the camera do it. It only happens twice in the film where the camera's following a character and then it like goes around to the side of them. Like they've done some weird digital motion tracking shot. Every single no, I moment. Why. It happens twice and it never happens again. Every single moment of this film, I could smell Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, I know. It's definitely... weird, isn't it? <laughs> you could smell what he smelled like. I think, like, I watched... No, I paid attention to this film. I watched the whole thing. But why did you... Like, why... 25 minutes in, there's a line that a character says and I'm like, oh my God, I think I know what's happening in this. Yeah, yeah. And I was right. And I was like, I was just like, no, they can't be, surely. No, they do. Um, fucking hell, man. Like, this film is going to be ingrained in my brain for years. Because it's it's like, it's this weird mix of everything is amazingly terrible, but also amazingly brilliant. In- it's basically Neil Breen's movie. Yeah, it's it a Neil Breen's Done Breen on a budget. Um, it, is, it left my brain in a state that, well, it, it's like... As it is to film what listening to Mr. Bungle is. Yeah. It's just weird and it's a mess. Um, some of the stuff is just. It's hard to describe this film. I mean, you're doing a pretty good job. You really have to sit and watch this. Like, yeah. really, like. I mean, I, I know people, some people have argued if it's a so bad, it's good film. And I'm like, no, nah, I. Do you know what? I think everyone's giving it their all. It looks beautiful. Like, it is really well shot. Like just, The editing is a fucking mess. The editing's fine. There's nothing wrong with the editing in this film. That's it's, it, The whole film's weird on purpose. Yeah, I know, but it just... Uh, I don't know. Did you not... I'm not even going to ask. Just carry on. Just carry on. It, weird film. You barely paid attention to it. You said you, got, I mean, you, said you kept I skipping skipped, through yeah, it. I skipped yeah, through it. That's where minutes. your editing's messing up, because you're skipping scenes. You're missing all the important stuff, the meat and the potatoes of the film. There's no important bits There's to any lots. of this You movie. need to fucking sit and watch the thing. No, I'm not going to. It is. Isn't it like two hours long as well? One hour, 44 minutes. It's too long. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a masterpiece of terrible cinema. Yeah, who would you say acts the... Who, who's the best actor in it? Who would you say is worth watching? Well, Anne Hathaway knows exactly what film she's in. She also looks incredible. Yeah, well, she does Anne Hathaway. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> Matthew McConaughey's fucking hilarious in it. Like I was, I was laughing out loud multiple times when he's just like, he just walk, goes into the middle of nowhere and just says what he's feeling, <laughs> just out loud. And then some other character turns up in the street and he's just like, yeah, I heard you wanted to give me a fishing job. You're in the middle of a fucking cornfield. <laughs> and I'm like, this is terrible. You wouldn't get away with this in most films, but because of the film's twist, I can almost excuse it. But we're not going to say the twist because you have to watch this without knowing anything. So your no brain, one is going to watch it. You, so your brain is appropriately fucked. I hope no one watches it. Because at the start I was like, oh, he's trying to catch a fish. And then it turns into a film noir type thing. And I'm like, are we going to get like dead calm, but like a weird dead calm? Because dead calm's a classic. Can we, can we talk about one aspect of it? No. Him communicating with his son. No, no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. I mean, it's... Can we not, please? No, none of it. All right. No. But it's just, he's like needlessly nasty to people. Yeah. Out of nowhere. Yeah. For some weird self-destructive reasons. And then they go and fully explain that. Like, he does something really nasty to D1 Halsey's character. Mm. And then later on, D1 Halsey comes over and goes, yeah, I spoke to Thingy at the tackle shop and she said, this is why you did this. I forgive you, buddy. And it's like, what? <laughs> but yeah, I definitely say it's, it's worth watching just because it's a complete mess. There's I mean, no it's more film. than a complete mess. There's no other film that I think does this. Like... You know how, like, 1408 has really weird plot twists partway through it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that film earns it. And it's like, normally you go, oh, you have to you have to sow seeds of the plot twist. Mm. And this film definitely sows the seeds of the plot twist in there. But, like, the plot twist is so bizarre that you wouldn't believe they're the seeds of a plot twist. I did not like 1408. 1408's all right. Yeah. Got a bit of a tiny Samuel Jackson. Yeah. 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 There's a part of it where, like, he's going for ten minutes. I'm like, he's dead. I've got it. I've figured it out already. He's dead. He's... Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. He's been I got taken... full on white noise feeling from that one. What the Michael Keaton film? Mm, yeah. The ending. What about White Noise too? Uh, That's actually a pretty decent film. Yeah. <laughs> people would, people dismiss it, but Nathan Fillion. Is it Nathan Fillion? Yeah, yeah. he's the main character in it. Um, yeah, Serenity. Um, not the Firefly movie which stars Nathan Fillion. No. Um, I I honestly suggest people watch it in its entirety. It's on Sky Box Office right now. Like it's just. It's on, Sky Sky Box Sky Box it's on Sky Box Office the same time it was released in cinemas. No, it's a new release. It came up on the other day. Yeah, I know, but it, it was in cinemas the same time it was released on Sky Box Office. Yeah. Yep. I could have watched it months ago. Yeah. Well, no, you could have watched it in cinemas the same day you watched it on Sky Box Office. Look, it came out in January. Oh, did it? oh yeah. Right. yeah, it was released in cinemas around January then. Yeah. Because it's like loads of people have called it a contender for the worst film of 2019 already. And I'm like, you fools, it's the best film of TV. This is how I know that my opinions of films are better than yours. No, it's quite clearly one of the greatest works of art ever created. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just absolutely insane. Like, even David Lynch films aren't this weird in places. Like, at least with David Lynch films, you can go, it's a dream. <laughs> yeah. If you don't understand a part, it's a dream. That's, that's all you do with David Lynch films. Plus, I love how antagonistic, antagonistic David Lynch is to people trying to get him to explain his films. Werner Herzog is my favourite for explaining <laughs> films. If you don't understand, you were not meant to understand. <laughs> we can no oh, Lynch when they go. Can you explain? Um, you know this in Mohondra. He's like, no, no, just, just no. <laughs> Do you remember he's on um, Louis as yeah. the director? And there's a bit where he just opens a drawer and there's like a bunch of items in there, and he just closes it again. Yeah, <laughs> I love Lynch is amazing. I love his. Um, I love his speech about humor. Yeah, he's like, if you're not funny, you're not funny. You, you've got to be funny. It's like, I don't know how to be funny. It's like, well, then that's your first problem, isn't it? You're not funny. <laughs> um, There's a bit where he's like, um, 
pretending to be welcoming the audience to the show. And yeah. It's like, yeah, he does that. And it, like, you perfectly. can hear the audience screaming yeah. and like, and Louis just goes up and doesn't completely flubs the shit out of it, doesn't he? He doesn't yeah. do any of it. Um, yeah. But yeah, so, and then there's that Serenity. bit where he locks David Lynch in the room and he wanks in front of him. Yeah. Um, Serenity, definitely everyone should watch this once. No. Just once. Going blind. Is, this is a review for man. This isn't both of our review. I, You're just I, pretentious, yeah? You're not no, open I'm, to films. No, I'm not. Truly you, this is the one instance pushing. where what you're saying about pretension applies so fully to you. <laughs> oh. This film's hilarious. Be, be, yeah, it's hilariously bad. Yeah, that's the thing. It's fucking hilarious. And that's why I'm going to put it up in a high pedestal. Yeah. Because I laughed. At my, I laughed. I enjoyed the shit out of this. I'm glad. Like, I'm glad. A film doesn't have to... If, if, if you enjoy it, like, like The Room, yeah? Yeah. Right? People enjoy that film. And that's yeah. what matters. But it's not a good film. There's a difference between The Room and Serenity. Oh, yeah. They had a budget. They have no excuse. Yeah. Like, but it's still... They had a big budget. Yeah. You could make four films that were good for the budget used on Serenity. You can make a lot of rooms for this yeah. film. Actually, how much, the room actually cost quite a bit, didn't it? It's like five mil, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. No one knows where he got the money from. Prostitution. Probably. But it's I, it, it's probably the biggest budget movie to be that I would happily put into the So Bad It's Good range. Because you're not going to watch this film and not enjoy it. You're not going to watch it and not laugh. See, I'd argue that Batman vs Superman falls into that for me. <laughs> It's, it's awful. Yeah, I know, but that's kind it's of what's great about it. Justice League, you can't, because Justice League is kind of grating in how bad and obviously bad it is. Justice League is just... Yeah. It's a 90s film. Yeah. But Batman v Superman is just... It's bad. Horrible. I know, that's kind of what makes it great. <sighs> and it's also super camp. if you're a masochist. It's super camp for trying well, not to be super camp. camp. Yeah, no, but Justice League is trying to be all those things. Hmm. Whereas Batman vs Superman is like, I'm so mad with you, I could kiss you. <laughs> they always, they completely, they, yeah, they keep getting really close to each other's faces, and being like, "What's your mum's name? <laughs> What's your surname? <laughs> your mum's name's Martha. My mum's name's Martha." Imagine if they had like tied this into the Nolan films, and it was, I'd be so happy. Bat, you know, it was, yeah, it was Chris Nolan's Well, I'm going to see Shazam on Wednesday, and apparently it's mm. great. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. I thought it's good. Get a bit of, um, what's his face? <laughs> Action. That was, that was a way too long pause. I was, what? What's his Mark. Name? Mark? What's Strong? his name? Yeah. Him. Who's Sinestro. Every, every bad guy ever. Yeah, I yes. told someone that. I was like, Sinestro. Yeah. What if they tied the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern film into the DC I don't know why they didn't just fucking you might as well it was a shit it was a shit fucking it's better series. than half of the DC films around now yeah that's true to be honest it's watchable yeah. apparently the, the whole film was edited out of order and stuff they took loads of stuff and pulled it apart and messed up the editing on it and like parts of the film were meant to be earlier like there was supposed to be a whole sequence before that doesn't surprise me but um yeah that was a mess yeah, it was completely not a fucking mess. Apparently, the ending fight was meant to be against Superman. What? In uh, Justice League. No, in Green Lantern. Oh, Green Lantern. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That makes sense as well. No. But anyway. Yeah. Serenity. So, um, Your new favourite film. <laughs> it's kind of brilliant how the McConaughey since it's. I mean, it's officially over now. Um, is it? Yeah, I'm going to say it is. Because um, I thought it was coming back. Because I want to believe it's bookended by Tiptoes by... and this... Yeah. You like two films that are like gloriously terrible for two very different reasons, and you know I think everyone needs to watch Tiptoes. So you know, 
That film's got Gary Oldman walking around on his knees with shoes attached to his feet. <laughs> he's like, Look, I'll forever, I'll forever. He's, he's the lead. He's the lead dwarf in a film that stars Peter Dinklage <laughs> and Bridget the Midget. I know people that suffer from dwarfism, and that <laughs> is not a good movie to represent them. Anyway, there's a bit where what's her face? Um, was it Electra? One of the women played Electra. What's her name? Oh, Patricia Arquette. No. Ben Affleck's oh, yeah, ex-wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when she talks about wanting, yeah, when she talks about wanting to see a midget circle jerk. Yeah, and like, is this your film? This is the film you made. Anyway, Serenity was directed by Stephen Knight, who um, directed Locke, the film with Tom Hardy. Yeah, it's um, a great film. And four episodes of The Detectives. You know, the TV series with Jasper Carrot and Robert Powell from the nineties. No, I used to watch that. I used to watch that all the time. Maybe you're a billion years old. Yeah, I watched something else recently that was directed by someone who directed the. Detectives as well, what which is it? weird. I can't for life me remember. I'm gonna have to look up the detective and find out. Let's anyway, not look up the detectives today. Yeah, review us. Yeah. Oh, for fuck's sake, don't ruin the ending. What else are you gonna review? Actually, chances are you'd pick something else entirely yeah, and then forget. Just to, just to yeah, yeah, just forget about it. And then next don't spoil time, like, us. I'm gonna try not to. It's a difficult film not to spoil. Um, if you've seen the just, trailers, you've- all you gotta do is not tell the, what happens in the film. So, Us is a film directed by Jordan Peele, who is an Oscar-winning writer for Get Out. And this is his sophomore effort. This, this is... His That's second, right, yeah. his second sophomore. Yeah. Yeah, sure. so, um, so, Get Out was obviously, you know, um, it was a film that a lot of people loved. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. I had no problems with it. Well, almost no problems with it whatsoever. One of the things that people said was that uh, it had too many genres. People didn't really know how to respond to it. To which I say, stop being so fucking stupid, you're clearly a racist. Uh, and, Is that what you say? Well, yeah, a lot of the time. Um, and so you can tell that he's taken on board those criticisms. He's learnt from Get Out in the wrong ways. Uh, no, he's learnt from Get Out and he made Us. And he us did to not it- make me. No. Uh, us, to put it quite simply, is the story of a family going on holiday and at one point uh, sorry during that holiday a group of doppelgangers visit them and they are forced to look within themselves <gasps> because that's right as the, in the butt. as the titular line in the trailer says it's us and so they are yeah it's a, it's a who has the titular line in the film the little boy what does he say? He says, he says, oh no, I think it's a little girl actually when they're, when they're looking at it because they say, who are you people? And I think the little girl says, it's us. The titular line in Serenity is that the boat's called Serenity. No one actually says Serenity in the whole film. Oh really? Yeah. Um, okay, uh, so... Um, you have the titular line in the film otherwise how are you supposed to know what the film is you're watching? I am not going to spoil anything for anyone because I think that that's the limit that I'm willing to give away. Mm. That's the most I can give away without spoiling the film and that makes it really fucking difficult to talk about it. Um, I wish I hadn't watched any trailers for this because if I'm watching... I only watched the first trailer. That's the only one okay, I watched. good, yeah. good. Don't watch any others. Um, you're going to see it soon, aren't you? I might see it. I might wait until it comes out on DVD because okay. it's scary. Um, it's not. It's scary. It's really interesting. It's not really a scary film. I Lots well, of Americans will find it scary. Yeah, probably. Um, I, I may A bunch be, of black I, folk running around not I, getting shot. I well. I might be in the minority here, but... Um, no, they're the minority. No, I might be in the minority <laughs> here, but I didn't find this film scary at all. Um, it went to a lot of places. I really enjoyed it, and it was funny in a lot of places where you didn't expect humour. Hmm. Um, and there's some really fucking well set up, like, 
you can tell that Jordan Peele's come from comedy. It's not like Green Book where you've got the Faraday Brothers and there's like a beginning to a joke and then an end. It's like a beginning, middle setup, you know, like and then end. It's not like that. It's a lot more complicated. And Jordan Peele Has is a Faraday man. Brothers ever done comedy? Yeah, Dumb and Dumber. Oh, that one time. It's a great film. It you myself have... and Irene. Yeah, they had a couple of films. Yeah, what? There's something about Mary. Dumb and Dumber does have one of my favourite lines ever, which was when he's like, um, my ex-girlfriend said never said I'd never listen to, I don't know, or something, I wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> my favourite is, uh, is the when the uh, when the news crew are visiting their flat block and they've got an interview with a little boy they sold a bird. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the guy had broken the pretty neck bird. bird. Pretty bird. Pretty bird. Can you say pretty bird? Oh, God, it's... It's incredibly cruel, but amazing. Um, oh, and also the every, the you know everybody's favorite scene, the piss scene with the beer balls. Yeah, yeah. Where yeah. The, where the guy takes a it's <laughs> just like his body's rejecting it. Yeah. Um, anyway, so where uh, so I us? Handed back the bottle. I'm getting yeah, did. Um, I'm getting distracted. So us. Um, yeah, it's it's meant to be a horror movie. Doesn't really come across as a horror movie. There's a lot of funny parts. There's a lot of tense parts, but I wouldn't say it's a horror movie. Um, I really fucking enjoyed it. There were a couple of people in the audience when I was there um, that did scream. They did get a bit nervous. There was one. There was one person who was in a wheelchair at the back of the, the back of the cinema. As I went past, she said she was like she was jumping every time someone went past. So she was like, "Oh, that person scared me." And I was like, "Oh, this is going to be an interesting viewing experience." And there's a scene in which some a person's walking down a corridor, and Jordan Peele likes to. I think he likes to subvert expectations, but also play into them really often. So like the beginning of Get Out where there's very similar to Hitchcock, there's the staccato uh, violins. Yeah. Um, staccato he, your ass. Yeah. Um, he does that, he does, does that in this as well. There's like a, there's a music building for like a big, a big moment and, and the woman gets around the corner and she gets around the corner. You see something's about to happen. And then what happens? The lady in the wheelchair at the back of the cinema went, Oh no. <laughs> like that. Was, oh. That's part of the film. It was really good. Yeah. She chores around going to all and, the films. And then later on, yeah. later on, another character is doing something similar and she was like, oh, not again. <laughs> and I was like, this is fantastic. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it, like, it's a really fucking well-made film. There's loads of nice little nods. In the very beginning, the first scene is of a TV and they've got some VHSs next to the TV and one of the VHSs is Chud, then it's the Goonies and then I think it's the Babysitter's Oh, they've got Club. the right stuff as well. Yeah, the right stuff. It's the second film this month that has the right stuff on yeah. VHS in it. But it's it? it's really nice, really clever. There's loads mm. of little setups. Um, the, I think I said this to you after I'd seen it and I, I stand by this. Get Out is quite a quite a closed in, closed in, it's a very tight script, t- like tight story and everything is... is Something he was obviously working on for a very long time. Mm. This being his second film, I feel like he's had this idea for a long time, but maybe it hasn't developed in the same way that Get Out did because the story itself is fantastic and incredible. You do have to just disconnect a little bit because it doesn't make sense when you think about it in the grand scheme of things. Um, But holy fuck, Tim Heidecker gets MVP for this movie. Oh, so the white guy gets the best. No, no, no. He gets the best he gets the best scene. He's the one you related to most. There's there's an ongoing like there's an ongoing joke about him basically being a douche. And mm. do you remember the whole the whole old thing where you gotta shake someone's hand but then you pull mm. it away the last thing you sweep your hair back. Yeah. Fucking used to perfect. Like he he is he's so fucking funny from a certain point in the film. Mm. For the rest of his douchebag. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of boat boat based humour. He has a boat called B Yatch, but it's got yacht in the middle, so it's B Yacht Yacht. Yeah. Do you know that time that Dr. Steve Brule went on a boat? 
No. Have you ever seen that one where no. he's going to visit the girl on the boat and the moment he steps on the boat, even though it's docked, he's like, oh, God, I'm getting really sick here. <laughs> um, it's on a broke. <laughs> calling it a broke. There's a, there's a great humour, there's a great bit of, bit of humour about a boat engine that has to be whacked to get it going. Mm. And, and there's just, oh, it's used. Everything's used and everything's great. I really fucking like it. There's a nice little moment where um, where the little girl, well, I say little girl, she's about, she's a teenager. There's a nice moment where she says, I should drive. I've got the highest kill count. And I was like, <laughs> someone, please. Someone, this is fantastic. <laughs> um, really fucking good. And I, like I said, I don't want to say anything because it will spoil it, but it is nothing, no, you can't expect anything from this because okay. it is not as you expect it. And I think that when you've seen it, hopefully soon, we can talk about this properly because I do need to talk about I'm this. I've got to be careful with my money next month because of um, Avagina's end gum is out at the end of the month, isn't it? And they're releasing films at the end of the month. That irritates me. What's happening? Avengers. It's out oh, next month. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, right at the end of the month. Freaking irritating. Um, well, I could give you I could give you my limitless card you can go and see it in Guildford. I don't want to go to Guildford. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, um, it's it's pretty incredible. I like it is it's a Tom Atkins I fucking loved it there are problems like I said the idea the scope of it doesn't quite work but as long as you just turn that part of your brain off it's not it's not a massive budget film that's mm. the thing um, and you've got the two main leads so it's uh, Lupita Nyong'o Lupita Nyong'o and you've got Winston Duke yeah and they are fucking that's incredible. the dude from he's in Black Panther he is he is yeah. she Playing, playing the dual roles of both, um, what is her name? I know Red is the, the doppelganger's name. And then his, his doppelganger, I think, is Washington. And the two, like, the fact they're playing both these different characters and mm. they are fucking, she's terrifying as Red. Mm. Like the whole hands on her face and the way she moves and stuff. Um, there's dancing is very key to the whole thing. And you see that in her movements and it's fucking weird. It's like, it is like a Japanese, you know, like J horror for a long time had yeah. the had the weird crab crawl. I think the new thing is going to be that walk. Jazz that she dance. Perfects. It's not jazz dance. Like um, I think there could Lemro be. A, I think there could Alien be like a Cry weird fighting style developed around all of oh, this. Oh, it's Capira. Yeah, no, it's not like Capira. You'll see it and you'll understand. But anyway, get uh, get out and ask. They're both great. John Peel is doing great fucking things. I think that this next thing's the Outer Limits. No, he's got Twilight Zone series. He's got Twilight Zone series. Sorry. Yeah, Keep that starts next in a few yeah. weeks, months. Well, he did Weird City as well. I don't know if you've yeah. heard about Weird City, the YouTube Red series that he did. Yeah. Um, but the first episode of Weird City is a... I know, I know. YouTube but the first, the first episode of Weird City is about two guys who are going to sign up for a dating app called The 1%. Mm. And basically it takes every detail about your about yourself down to the single most most minute detail and it matches you up to someone. And you basically, you're then in love with that person. You like go and you date them. It, it's, it's sort of one of those weird things where everybody just does whatever's expected of them. Um, mm. and, um, it's got Dylan, Dylan O'Brien, who's the kid from Maze Runner and also the kid from, um, isn't he the one who presents Go 8 Bit? No, he's the one from, no, um, Dylan, Dylan, Dylan O'Brien. You're thinking Dara O'Brien. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Dylan O'Brien, uh, he, he's also an American assassin. He's like, he's like, he's a young kid. Well, I say young, he's probably my age, but he's quite built and he's he's been in loads of shit. Mm. And then you've got Ed O'Neill from Married with Children, the Ed dad. Burn. The dad from Married with Children, oh, he's yeah. also in Modern Family. Yeah. And they essentially get matched up. He was the donut shop owner. Yeah, he was in, yeah, in, in, in Wainsworth. Yeah. Um, but they get matched up. You know, and, the killer man in the cold of winter steam <laughs> rises from the wound. 
<laughs> they say it's his soul escaping the body. Yeah. Um, but they get matched up. And you feel like at first they're like both like, well, it's just some stupid mistake. We'll go to the place and we'll tell him. And the guy goes, nope, I did all your tests. I ran it all and it's matched you two together. So, and they're like, well, this is ridiculous. And they both go their separate ways. And they happen mm. to bump into each other again. And it, it just, it's just Ed O'Neill and this, this Dylan kid. And Dylan, Dylan kid goes, hey, you know what? My favorite burger place is closed. Um, but there's another place we can go past. I can just go drop my stuff off at my place. Do you want to, do you want to go get some lunch? And he's like, you know what? I know a great place that is that way. We'll go get lunch. You drop your stuff off. We'll go get lunch. And then the next scene is just them falling back from the normal, like, you know, like a sex scene. Yeah. Falling back topless. And he's just like, <sighs> it's like, well, I was not expecting that to happen. <laughs> and Tony Neal goes, you know what the craziest thing is? And Fred turns to guess what? He goes, you know, I'm lactose intolerant. I wouldn't have been able to have a grilled cheese anyway. He's going, you dog. <laughs> like that. And they're just, they're in love. Oh. It's really sweet. And they have like this real nice little relationship. Like they meet each other. He's married with children. It's fucking ridiculously cute. They're like kissing each other and all this stuff. Christina stuff. Applegate's his daughter. I've been so happy to watch like this stupid little fucking Amazon not Amazon YouTube Prime thing but I recommend everybody watch that because that's free you can just watch that now um, it's weird to, and then the next the second episode is Michael Searin it's like a horror story yeah. it's really really interesting what they're doing but Jordan Peele produced it so it's going to be interesting it's going to be a fairly high calibre he needs to do a movie about that guy that produced Go- Gremlins 2 yeah he does <laughs> whole movie oh, can, can we have a film in which that guy is in Gremlins like in the world of Gremlins I just want I want behind the scenes of Gremlins too, and it's no, that I guy want him, I want him going around through the entire film digitally placed in going they've got the vegetable Gremlin <laughs> they've got the spider Gremlin you got the electricity Gremlin yeah <laughs> um, but yeah yeah I really I really recommend who's gonna guest star in it who's gonna cameo <laughs> Hulk Hogan I'm just thinking it's on my head it's on my head what's up star wrestler Hulk Hogan yeah <laughs> It's written itself. I'm just going to throw one out there. I'm just going to throw one out there off the top of my head. Lady Gremlin. All right, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, I, 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 yeah. Can't recommend us enough. I think people go see it. And if you, if you want to watch I'm something. I'm going to edit it so it says can't recommend us. <laughs> if you want to watch no. something, if you want to watch something in the meantime that's produced by, by Jordan Peele and subverts expectations, get in a different way, then I would recommend, I would recommend that first episode of Weird City on YouTube. Yeah, because he's doing Twilight Zone. I'm sure there's something else he got announced as, like another film he's well, developing. He's, he's doing Twilight Zone and then he does have another film as well. Yeah, there's something like, well, it's another one film. where he's got the, he's got the rights to a property of something and he's doing some other thing. Um, Jordan. Oh God, fucking IMDB. I still find it funny that he's married to. Um, is he in? Is he in Toy Story Four? Yeah, he is. He plays one of the. He plays the character of Peel. Uh, with Key, sorry. Um, but I, I find it funny that he's married to Chelsea Peretti. Oh, C- Candyman! That's what he's producing. Is he producing that? Yeah, the remake. Yeah. Is he make? What's he making though? He's producing it. He's not got anything else directing down yet, but it will be directing Candyman, I imagine. You reckon? Yeah, that's how that's how it'd be up his tree. Um, he ain't doing any comedy films. He should do Green Book. Um, do, do you want to do the opposite of Green Book? It's a place where it's safe for white guys to go to in the south. It's like just everywhere. It's just a map. I would just, I would just remake that. You remember that George George Scott um, Twilight Zone? Oh, the one with the thing on the wing. Yeah, they no, already no, got no, remade. No, 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 no. George Scott is the one. George where C. Scott. George C. Scott's the one where he's in the train, Nazi Germany. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Remake that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I bumped into um, 
John Landis once. Oh, really? Yeah, the guy who directed um, his segment on the Twilight Zone movie. The guy movie. who uh, killed a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah. I bumped into him and I was like, oh, should I say something to him, shouldn't I? What should I say? Uh, what films did he make? And the only one I could think of was Twilight Zone. And then he got out of my reach the whole time. I was like, I can't bring up Twilight Zone to him. I can't. What else did he make? Man. And it's just like, his movie's his out range. I'm just thinking, I'm just like, fucking hell, fucking American Werewolf in London. Jesus Christ. He's producing Lovecraft Country, mm. which is the book that's a bit like... Um, it's when Hunter H.P. Lovecraft had a country band. No, it's it's a bit like, um, you know, Fear and Loathing Las Vegas. Yeah. It's taking that style character and he goes back. But it's Fear and Loathing of... Las Vegas is a true story. Yeah, I know, but it's it's taking... <laughs> no characters. That who's guy was the, off his who's, tits. Who's the guy? Hunter S. Thomas. It's taking yeah. like a Hunter S. Thomas style writer and he's going through the back countries of America and he basically encounters all these, all these um, Lovecraftian horrors. Oh, nice. It's really interesting. It's a good book as well. Written... It's almost impenetrable to read, but so was Fear and Loving in Las Vegas. It's a really difficult book to read because the narrative is all over the place, but it's yeah. the same with Lovecraft Country. Um, but yeah, it's a really good, really good book. Um, but yeah, okay. Well, that's me done. Is that you done? Yeah, sure, why not? Cool. You can find Ant on YouTube at <coughs> Mellow Gaming. Yeah, you could. You can find him also on Twitter at LV54SpaceMonkey. You can find me... Wouldn't recommend it. ...at both YouTube... And Twitter as at ChrisApocalypse, mm. if you can spell it. If you can't, how'd you get here? Tell us. Yeah, what the fuck are you doing here? Exactly. Jesus. The fucking idiots. Um, as always, I hope you have a great week. Love you. Miss you. I want to be near you. I want to touch you. I want to hold you. I want to rub you. Um, Trump fucks kids. We know that for a fact now. You can't just... Trump fucks kids. Accuse... Madeline McCann's parents killed Maddie, didn't they? We know I, f- that. I think that old documentary comes to the conclusion at the end they didn't, but it makes you think they might have. Well, no, most that documentary it. is inconclusive. Yeah, but there's too much evidence they did it. They ran away from Portugal because they were terrified of being caught mm. and arrested and tried for killing their daughter. That yeah. isn't the move of an innocent person. But anyway, oh, and also Michael Jackson definitely did his kids. Again, this is we live in a weird world. Barbara Streisand is cancelled now. Yeah. We live in a weird world now where things that we knew as fact when we were younger, or at least 10 years ago, say, are no longer fact and people have to make documentaries about them. When are we going to get the investigating Stephen Gately's death? Who? I want to know how he choked to death on his own vomit. Who's Stephen Gately? The guy from Boyzone, the one he died. I don't even know. He died on holiday and those of the newspapers tried to make out he died after some orgy. Oh. And it wasn't, he just he just choked, choked his vomit. vomit in sleep. Got drunk But not sleep. the Daily Mail, Daily Mail didn't believe that. Well, that's because it's the Daily Mail. <laughs> yeah. And they're a bunch of racist they, Before cunts. they even found out what had killed him, they said that he died after getting involved in some gay gangbang or something. <laughs> That'd be one way to go. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Like I said, Trump fucks kids. So it's Nigel Farage. Hmm. But he only fucks kids from EU. From EU countries. And after they paid 50 quid. And, and then he, five quid, five minutes he walks off. Oh, Jesus, I can't believe that. What a fucking joke. Twat. You can't commit to anything. I mean, when you when you have a failure rate of seventy five percent in a job, you should be fired, right? So he's how been, is he's never been elected to? I know, but he <laughs> he he is an EU politician. Yeah, he works within. He got the elected EU. to that, I guess. So. And he he didn't turn up for seventy five percent of the meetings, most of which. So twenty five percent of them were where he turned up. He didn't vote. He decided mm. to abstain from voting. Even though he has said that the EU is impenetrable because you need everyone to agree. But he didn't agree with the fishing terms that were brought in. Hmm. And he could have been the deciding vote for that not to happen. 
and instead just campaigned after the fact that he was pissed off that the fishing regulations came in. Yeah, because he knows his mistake. He's a fucking joke. And people are cunts. You're all fucking cunts, you stupid cunts. Stop fucking voting for Brexit. Anyway, I love you guys. They already won. Bye. They didn't win. No one wins. Everyone loses. The only people that win are their own stupid, simple, racist idiocy. Idiocies. It's, it's, you believe whatever you want. When you have a fucking problem with people coming from another country and you keep saying, we're to leave the EU. Yeah, yeah, and you keep box fucking... again. Oh, Get you up in the box now in Iran. <sighs> I'm sorry. I'm not going to be on a rant. I'm just going to say that most of those people are just racist. Yeah. And Pakistan's not in the fucking EU, you stupid cunts. Stop picking on people. Get we life. Get a job. Especially those marching. Two weeks. No one could go off work for two weeks on a fucking march. You've got. You've not got a job, let's face it. That's why it was only 50 <laughs> quid. If it was any more, you wouldn't be able to get it on your fucking and they paid. money. <laughs> I know. Anyway. Stupid twats. Anyway, I love you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.